Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 110 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. Uh, as usual, we will be covering... I think we're on episode 112, aren't we? We are on 112. Brandon. Oh, why do I have 110 then? That's weird. Uh, must be a little bit outdated. Or a typo. I'll let you decide. Um, as usual, <laughs> we will be covering the latest... 112 then. Uh, as usual, we will yes. be covering the latest books from DC, and we hope you enjoy it. Uh, and I am, of course, joined by my esteemed co-hosts, Rob and Josh. <clears throat> you can make your jokes now if you like. I was going to say, Cobra Kai never dies. <laughs> may the yeah. shorts be with you no that was that was yes. your cue that was your cue there you go um <laughs> please make sure you stick around until the end of this episode to hear our top three books of the week the biggest stinker and to find out which titles may just make the dump list if you would like to support us further please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash on air podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our discord as well as other exclusive content available on the network um before we get into the news, I just want to apologize if there's any additional background noise. I was trying to get home in time, uh, but I could not. So I'm recording this live from our campus's uh, music rehearsal building, which means there's going to be the sound of people playing pianos and scales and possibly other instruments. So I apologize in advance. I'm trying to make sure that the audio does not pick up in the mic, but I'm sure it invariably will. Um, but with that out of the way, let's get into some news, guys. What's uh, what's new this week? What are you reading? What's new in comics? So forth. I'm just super excited that this week you brought your own backup band. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, that's a I real know. talk show. I don't. I don't know what the guy, the guy next door, like literally as we started recording, started to play his scales. Um, so <laughs> you'll be hearing some other stuff, I'm sure. And I was like, really? Right now? You couldn't have waited like another hour. Um, but that's on me. Um, so, but yeah, no, what, uh, what's new? Uh, uh, it's not new, but it's new to me. I started reading, um, the, uh, Tales from the Harokani. Wow. Oh, I love that book. Or that wait, is... are you reading Tales from the Harrow County or the original Harrow County? Uh, I'm reading Tales from the Harrow County. Fa- uh, Fairfolt. Okay. Have you... Have you read the original Harrow County? No. Oh man, dude, you gotta I, read the first Harrow County. Oh, all right. So There's, good. I'm I'm only two issues this, this into is, this Tales is literally, from. This is okay. Well, I I would say once you're finished with that, because it, it does kind of provide some context for the world of Harrow County. But you gotta you gotta read the original series. That's why when I'm always talking about Tyler Crook, this is what I mean. Like Tyler Crook on the original Harrow County is like what broke my brain with just the use of watercolors and and other um other painting techniques just incredible um but yeah you got you got to read the original harrow county it's so good it does drag a little bit towards the end i will admit but the first like 16 issues are pretty good uh this is it's tyler crook and cullen bunn right yeah well cullen bunn did the writing I think Tyler Crook is technically a co-writer on Fair Folk, but he's not – I don't think he's doing the art. That's like um, Emily Schnall or something like that. Um, he might have done the colors. Right, though, right on. I know he it's, did. He paints a lot Emily of stuff. Emily Schnall. Yeah. Yeah, it's Emily Schnall. And he did Schnall. all the lettering um, too. And 
Yeah, no, and that's what that's why last time I forget when we recorded and I recommended another book that Tyler's doing called The Lonesome Hunters. It's like just a feat of artistic accomplishment because he's writing, drawing, painting, and lettering the fucking book. Like I'm surprised call, he didn't pull a Jack Kirby and just edit it himself. But I um, I call I, I, I call that I call that, that a Jeff Lemire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, or or like I said, or Jack Kirby, who would famously just—I mean, aside from inking—would just literally just write the scripts, draw the books, and edit them. He's literally just like, I don't need anyone else to supervise this. I can edit it myself, um, and I can I can dialogue it too, um, which is is just remarkably impressive um but uh you know jeff lemire stopped lettering his own stuff after uh, i think after tales from the farm he kind of kind of uh pawned that job off to someone else because it's apparently really hard really yeah i guess i never considered that because he was he was doing hand lettering he wasn't yeah he's he's not he's not like going in with a computer he's like like actually drawing in the captions and the bubbles himself which is apparently incredibly uh grueling and difficult to do if you're you've got to use like an intense scaling system you would think yeah it's apparently so the the way that you do it um and and this is just what i got from his process pages when he was um talking about some of his tales from the farm but apparently the way you do it is when you actually lay out the pages you lay it out with the dialogue in mind so it's like you have an exact idea or a rough idea of where the lettering is going to go. And then you draw around that, which is even more difficult because you basically have to estimate how big your lettering is going to be and then work in the figures and the light or the landscape around that, which is, I mean, and, and here I am just sitting my ass on my, on my, uh, on my chair, typing a script and thinking, wow, that's really hard not having to worry about how the whole thing's going to be laid out, which is, yeah, just a whole other, whole other mess. But, uh, but yeah, it's very impressive. Anyway, Little back to what we're talking about. Harrow County, please read it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really great. Most of it is. Right on. <laughs> uh, I've, I've just been going through all these graphic novels I've been getting at the dollar store, which is freaking amazing. I don't think I've actually brought it up on the show yet. Oh yeah, your, your, your deep Rob dives at Dollarama every week. Yeah, yeah. Canadian fam out there, if you love DC Comics and the occasional Marvel graphic novel that was so-so, check out your local Dollarama <laughs> for the better part. Just over a year now, as far back as I can tell, they've been selling like full-on twenty to thirty-dollar graphic novels, six to eight issues a piece for just five dollars. You can. There's all sorts. I've got some some fabulous finds. Some amazing, like I, I now have all of Brad Meltzer's Justice League run from two thousand six. The Lightning Saga, yeah, and the Tornado's Path. I got them both, and the Lightning Saga has those two extra issues yeah. at the end. I have Sweet. this entire freaking run for ten dollars, which is hilarious. Because I think they they just put out a deluxe edition of it, but, uh, oh, but uh, <laughs> at least you get the chance to read it. I know, I know. Yeah. That's that's the worst thing when it's like you you get like a complete collection of something and you're like yes finally and then and, and i think i've mentioned it. it happens to be all the time and then they put out a new fucking edition with like all the bells and whistles and you're like god damn it god damn it if only i had waited and saved a little more cash uh yeah 
Uh, like I, I've, I've just recently been rereading uh, Superman Reborn from the Rebirth era. Ah, yes. Which I think we talked about earlier yeah. this week, which is one of my favorite Superman stories. We did, we did. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, that one. And uh, the, the potential for Mr. Oz back in the day. Oh, man. So much potential wasted. Yeah. That, that was one of my favorite times on, on the internet with comics, which is everyone speculating what the deal with Mr. Oz was and who he really was. It was so yeah. much fun. It was one of those rare times where I was actually excited to be on social media because people yeah. were having fun <laughs> and just speculating on, on who he secretly was, whether he was Ozymandias or not or some other crazy oh, connection. Biggest. Uh, good times. I remember that. That was, that was easily the biggest theory was he was Ozymandias. Awesome. Yeah. Because they also did all the teases with um, Dr. Manhattan around that time. So everybody thought yeah. they were doing a whole well, lot Well, I, I remember fun. the... Yeah, the the big one that that people seem to be convinced, the big clue that that had people convinced that uh, Ozymandias was actually Mr. Oz was, I guess, the design for for Mr. Oz, like the logo or something, was similar to the design for the bottle of perfume that's in Watchmen. And I'm blanking on the name of that perfume right now, but apparently they were like very similar or the same. And it was it was the one that I think he had like on his on his hand on like the the front of his hand, um, and people were like, "Oh, clear sign that it was uh, that it was Ozymandias all along." But uh, oh, how wrong we were! Like maybe that was the idea, and then it changed because I I don't think anybody would have guessed Jarrell. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That no, so I definitely didn't field. either. No. Was anybody yeah. happy that it was nostalgia? Zero? That was the name, nostalgia. Yeah, I, I, I remember being pretty upset disappointed that it um, was that it was Jor-El, but it, I was yeah. certainly like, "What the hell does this mean now?" And it meant nothing. Yeah. Oh, plus with all the Watchmen the connections, it, it definitely felt like it was. Hmm. Yes, yeah, it was, was going to be something more significant, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, our... oh. well, I guess I'm going to be, oh, yeah, I, well, first, I, I, I guess I should mention what I'm reading, um, but I, I also have to take something off my news, um, because I, I was just wrong, according to this update that I'm seeing right now, um, oh. so, whoops, anyway, well, you'll never know what it was, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as for me, I think last time I mentioned, I, uh, I was reading Jim Starlin's Captain Marvel, which I, I've kept going through right now, and it's still just as wonderful uh, as it as it was with that first issue. I think it's actually picked up a little bit. Like he's he's getting more comfortable um, doing some of the doing some of the writing because I don't think he was writing it originally. He was just drawing it, and then uh, gradually, as as the issues continued, he actually started scripting all the stuff, which is is pretty impressive. Um, and then um, in the in the march to uh, to the return of um, another series that uh, I didn't think was ever going to be coming back called Royal City. I've been rereading the entire Royal City because I, I got a very special gift from a friend. Um, the entire hardcover collection of Royal City um, by Jeff Lemire. And I, I just, I love his stuff when he's writing and drawing it. Uh, so I, I got the chance to, uh, to finally sit down and, and actually reread that for the first time in a while uh, in anticipation for the series return in 2023. So uh, I've really been enjoying that so much, or I've really been enjoying that so far. Um, and uh, I greatly 
uh, enjoying the the reread so far. All right. Anyway, that's what I'm reading. Now, now, there's 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 huge news to talk about. Lots of speculation, all of that stuff. But before we get into that, was there anything uh, that underneath that level of importance as far as news go? Other than the one you had to remove, Brandon. Um. Well. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess I shouldn't be that ominous about it. Um. One of my points of news was was just a, a complaint because DC hadn't released their New York Comic Con special, and I thought they were skipping it. Um. Or I thought they were skipping their comics portion of it because they had released their HBO Max um, panel schedule, but they had not released their comics schedule. So I was just going to get in here and complain about it a little bit and be pedantic. But then literally like an hour ago, although I didn't see it, they just released their entire schedule. So never mind. Yeah. So I was very wrong. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But uh, a couple of them are actually going to be applicable to some of the stuff I assume we'll be talking about shortly um, as related to DC's multiverse, as a couple of the panels are about uh, exploring uh, DC's multiverse and what's to come in 2022 and 2023. Um, so... More news on that. I'm very excited to be the on-the-ground reporter, uh, getting all this exclusive stuff over to you. Wanted to do this since high school, so I'm I'm just like I'm bursting at the seams um, with excitement to actually be on the ground and uh, and getting it there. And I'm hoping I can get the chance to talk to a couple of the people who are there. But uh, but for those who are curious, the four panels that will be across Friday through Sunday are exploring DC's multiverse on Thursday, Jim Lee and friends on Friday. DC Superman, which I'm very excited about, um, on Saturday, and DC's Gotham City on Sunday. Um, and I don't know exactly what Jim Lee and friends will entail. They just mentioned that it's going to be highlighting the incredible talent and showcasing the biggest books coming out of DC this year and next. But with a title like Jim Lee and friends, you expect there's going to be a little bit of you know more focus on Jim Lee himself. So I guess we'll we'll see exactly what's to come uh on that panel uh, i'll make sure to let uh let you guys and our listeners know but uh definitely some exciting stuff in the works that uh i'm, I'm looking forward to actually getting to see this time hell yeah but speaking of the multiverse i uh i hear we have some news on that front don't we kind of i guess kind of news kind of kind of kind of some head scratching kind of a whole bunch of speculation yeah. I thought there was some Earth 6 news, was there not? There is there is some Earth 6 news and and while talking about the multiverse reminded me of an announcement a few days ago that I'm not sure any of us uh have listed that I'm also going to bring up <laughs> uh yeah. from Mr. Mark Wade. Yeah, well that was uh, that was the segue. That. So here you go. Okay, so um first off, let me just pull it up. Uh, DC announced today that there will be a one-shot coming on December 27th, 96 pages. Uh, this, this, I find this kind of funny, but also very nice uh, that Marvel hasn't done this yet, but as, as somebody stated, I'm sure it's coming, uh, though it's, it's taken them a damn while. DC Comics is celebrating Stan Lee on what would be his 100th birthday uh, with Tales from Earth 6, a celebration of Stan Lee, and it is uh, further stories of his Just Imagine line of one-shots uh, from 2001 God. to 2002. Definitely um, 
Rob Rob else. said I, I forget exactly what you said. Something about something about it being unexpected. Um unexpected yeah, but, but not unwelcome, which I, I wholeheartedly exactly. agree with because yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I could have ever seen this coming. Yeah. Um, I I never thought they would ever revisit these characters save from like a random appearance during a multiverse story. Not so at this all. this is this yeah. is a lot of fun. Uh it, it will include stories written by yeah. Mark Wade, uh Jerry Ordway, Kenny Porter. Stephanie Williams, Michael W. Conrad, and Becky Cloonan, Colin Kelly, and Jackson Lansing, Megan Fitzmartin, Steve Orlando, and Zach Thompson. Uh, with nice, nice. Uh, variant covers. I'm trying to find any uh, list of artists, but I did not find a list of artists. But they will feature, uh, I believe, all the characters from his Just Imagine line. Ninety-six pages. I am. Oh yeah, it's going to be multiple stories, as stated before. Uh, so look for that in December. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, also for Mark Wade coming in December is a little Dark Crisis one shot uh, called Dark Crisis Big Bang. And this is basically mapping out the new multiverse. But it includes again. some more recent... Um, again, yeah. But with, with what's been going on, I think uh, I also not unwelcome to have yet another map uh, to navigate this new multiverse because there will be some more recent additions oh joy. <laughs> uh, such as the Jurassic as League. As if the first map Mech. wasn't confusing enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to see yeah. Dark Knights oh, of Steel man. added into it. Uh, the variant covers and, and main covers are amazing. Uh, I especially love the Batman 89 is going to be included. So you have one of Joker's goons right next to DC mm. Superhero Girls Wonder Woman. Just standing there together, one grimacing, one yeah. smiling. It's up to you who's who. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I, I did actually I have a run. question about that because I, I looked at it and I saw some of those titles listed. And I forget who said it. It might have been Nathan or someone else. Um, but a, as I'm sure our listeners know by now, we've been getting a lot of mini theories at DC lately over the past year. Um, and a lot of those mini series have seemed, you know, kind of. I guess you could say ancillary or, or not entirely important. They take place on alternate earths. And I, I, I don't, I don't know if it was Nathan or maybe it was one of you guys, but someone had mentioned that maybe the reason that we're getting all of these series was they're trying to build out their new multiverse post death metal. And now I guess post dark crisis. And I, I wondered what you guys thought about that. If, if all of these series that we've been getting like DCOS or justice league or last ride or, um, you know, Batman the Detective, or all the all the miniseries that seemingly take place on alternate Earths or different timelines have all just been a larger part of a larger plan to build out their multiverse with new uh, different Earths. No, I I could yeah I, I'm with Josh. It's, no, it's interesting. No. I, okay, I, no. I see it as the opposite. Where it's the same thing with the Else Worlds back in the day. The Else Worlds were titled that because they had okay. the multiverse, but they didn't exist because there was a multiverse. They exist because somebody had a story to tell. And they're like, I'm going to take this character, tweak this thing a little bit, and it's going to be fun. I'm going to take Batman, but put him in the noir era. I'm going to take Batman, but he's going to be a vampire. I'm going to take Batman and do something else with him. And then somebody someday did a Superman story. Is it just Batman? <laughs> well, I mean, you, that's all there ever seems to be. I'm going to take yeah, Superman, yeah, yeah. but instead of uh, crashing landing in Kansas, I, I he's going to crash land yeah. in Mother Russia. You know, it's. it. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's not existing okay. because there's a multiverse but they exist 
uh, the, the multiverse exists because of them, if you will. And and yeah. the way they're doing right. this whole new Infinite Earths thing is is just opening the door to so many other things. And, and if they're going to have a multiverse seemingly like how Marvel has or like they used to have it where it was Infinite Earths, um, are they even going to bother numbering them? And then we could just constantly have this. So when they had the 52 Earths, and then Grant Morrison mapped them all out, and each one got a designation, and there was maybe six planets left. They're like, what happens if we have seven new stories? <laughs> so I yeah, think this is just yeah. easier, yeah. You could have yeah. these well, fun I remember, miniseries and, and, and not worry about the continuity. Yeah. I remember when the multiverse had kind of collapsed. Well, I don't remember. I wasn't alive. But I, I know that when the multiverse... <laughs> collapse post-crisis um a kind of workaround that mark wade actually pioneered to tell those kinds of stories was hyper time which is you know you have all these varying different timelines and in one of them maybe there was a batman that was a vampire or you know a green lantern that did actually exist in the 1940s but had an alternate costume and was more um, historically accurate or something like that. Like hypertime was the workaround. And now that the multiverse is back, they don't really need to use that anymore. But maybe yeah. if they're trying to really map out the multiverse, but they're still looking for a way to kind of work around um, the fixed number of Earths, they can always use hypertime or something like that. Or I think Johns was trying to do that with the Omniverse, where there were an infinite number of multiverses, but I don't think that worked quite as well. Although there was interest, one interesting idea um, from that that uh, we don't have to talk about now, but um, there, there, there could have been something there. But uh, I guess the point is, if they're just mapping the, the multiverse for a fixed number of Earths, um, I'm sure there are other ways that they can work around telling Elseworld-style stories without having to worry about whether or not it fits in with the current uh, map of the multiverse. Uh, the I mean, Omniverse if, again, is an interesting yeah, if... concept that sounds cool, but also sounds super fucking complicated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Doesn't it always? <laughs> I mean, more so than your standard multiverse. Now you have multiple multiverses. How yeah. do you designate which ones in which multiverse? And are they numbered? I don't, I don't know. Do, we, I don't do they know. have a number? Do, like, can you I'm call them up? I'm like, not a theoretical physicist. Multiverse uh, 7 or 4. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's turning into yeah, the yeah, 2021 like annuals. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's like you have. Yeah, you have. It's exactly like that, Josh. You would have Earth three, but it's Earth three of Multiverse seven, not yep. Earth three of Multiverse Prime, which would be our multiverse, which is incredibly confusing. Or maybe you have like Earth seven point three, whereas the seven represents the multiverse and the three represents the earth designate within that multiverse i don't know you figure this shit out i'm i'm just spitballing I mean, here I guess someone if they pay me to i work try. it all out but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't even know if i could do that i said i'd try oh <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh it does it gets really confusing and 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 um really for me the only thing that would make it so they could walk into this saying alright we won't have to do this for a while is if they do return to the infinite earths and instead make it infinite multiverses and that way they would never have to worry about whether or not it would fit inside the scale again 
The only problem is, is yeah, I say, I mean, we they DC collapsed the infinite earths for a reason, and I mean, yeah. it's cool and all for them to go, well, yeah, see, man, we told you everything matters, we told you everything matters. Well, that's not what I was looking for. I did, I, I, I honestly, honestly, guys, I did not need a, a multiversal designation for Batman Dracula. I didn't need that. Nobody else gives a <laughs> shit either because they all realize that's just a hey. What if uh, what if Batman was Dracula? Book, you know, and that that's but that's, but that's Josh, all. if I don't know if I don't know what Earth Batman Red Rain is from. How the hell am I going to tell my Justice League story where the Justice League teams up with the Vampire Justice League? You don't have to. <laughs> you just write a set a story. No, with that but you setting. don't understand. If if I if I'm writing if I'm doing that <laughs> setting, I need to say and then they came from Earth six five three eight two nine. Otherwise, right. the reader is going to be like, where the fuck did they come from? Well, um, where no, that I came hear, from was saying. somebody coming up with an idea of. How in the hell can we make this yes. interesting? This is yeah. we got to make it sound yeah. interesting, even if it's not. You know, we obviously fucked up yeah. the whole everything matters thing in the books we were writing. So let's go larger <laughs> scale with it, and 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 yeah. and, and, and bring yeah. in um, Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. So are you are you pro? Infinite Earths or anti-Infinite Earths? I know the I, most politically divisive question. Uh, <laughs> I, um, because we're not going to be able to walk away from what they're doing right now. I am. I am very much pro Infinite Multiverse, Infinite Earth, because then we never have to fucking map mm. the shit out again. Yeah. You know. Yes, I mean, yeah. does it does it mean? Damn it, guys. I'm talking to DC here. That does not mean we need to rush to fill them all up. Just do it as necessary, okay? Exactly. <laughs> you can take Just, your time. Yeah. All of this is 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 leading to what I was just introduced to via our Discord. I haven't been on the uh, the computer much lately, um, but uh, my compadres here were. Speaking about the dawn of the DCU, and you guys clearly know quite a bit more about it than I do, so would you care to tell me something? Just tell me something good. Uh, well, there's, yeah, there's there's not really a ton to tell, as details are still kind of scarce. Um, uh, Rob had posted uh, the announcement on our Discord, um, but I, I had seen a, a brief announcement of it, Really, nothing specific over on uh, Joshua Williamson's Substack. That's another announcement, but we don't have to get oh, into yes. that. He's on Substack now. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, Dawn of the DCU is, I guess, kind of announced by a, a cover or the cover, I should say, to Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven. Um, it is, I guess, kind of an homage to the cover that we had for justice league 75 and also God, um, because <laughs> Nightwing <laughs> is very Christ-like in this image. Oh yes. Um, very, very but, uh, yeah, on the, on the less humorous side, um, it's, I guess, again, details are still very scarce, but the implication seems to be that the dawn of the DCU is going to be either leading into, or will be the next, era per se or phase of dc's history 
Um, and that is sort of evident based on the variant covers that they announced, which are kind of tributes to various moments in DC history, although dark crisisified, if that's a word I can use, <laughs> um, as well as um, some connecting I prefer covers Williamson. by Dan Mora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I say Dark Crisisified because they're featuring some of the designs and characters featured in Dark Crisis. But anyway, um, there are also some connecting yeah. covers from Dan Mora, which many are speculating over right now as the current lineup of the DCU or what will be the current lineup of the DCU post Dark Crisis. Um, and that prominently features, uh, and that should be no surprise to anyone, Batman and Superman, uh, the Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent versions, of course. Um, Flash and Green Lantern, Wally West and Hal Jordan versions, um, uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, Diana Prince and Arthur, uh, as well as, and this is the one that people seem to really be speculating over, Nightwing, Starfire and Cyborg and Shazam. Um, and I think people seem to believe that this is representing both the Titans and the Marvel family respectively. Um, but again, there's there's really no information aside from a solicit about Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven and some of these covers, and that's it really. So there's not really a ton to say other than it's something that may be coming or it, it may just be like the title of the end of the series. I don't know, but yeah. that's really all we have right now, just some covers and speculation, so... I'll let you decide what it will represent. Um, but we were discussing on Discord what it may mean, and Rob had sent a tweet from Tom Taylor that had mentioned that he is uh, he's re-signing it. He's not signing it, right? He's re-signing his exclusive contract with DC. I got that correct, right? Oh, no. So so that that was Nathan uh, posted that, but that was his tweet oh, that from was last Nathan. year. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, that, that was just that was oh, that was Tom Taylor's oh, was from tweet last from last year. year. Oh. Just him and Nathan well, were just that, right? reaffirming that tweet okay. to say like, "I remember this, and this is my theory." The, okay. the tweet well, I sent was, was Tom case... Taylor saying um, that he has been working very closely with Joshua Williamson during issue seven right, about right, right, right. Nightwing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, in that case, I mean, maybe he'll re-sign his contract. I don't know, or maybe he'll go to Substack. Um, well, I, but, think, I think his contract's um, still going. In, like in that it, case, it didn't close or anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Um, and, and actually, I think Joshua Williamson is still technically DC exclusive, but again, that's another conversation. Um, yeah. But yes, Rob had had sent that tweet about Tom Taylor saying that he kind of uh, is working with with Williamson on presumably future stuff uh, as well as some of the stuff in dark crisis with nightwing so ultimately we'll see what that means whether it leads to bigger things in the dcu or you know just continued work on nightwing and nightwing maybe playing a bigger role in the dcu who knows um but uh, the future is wide open and it seems like the, the dcu is shaping up for bigger and bigger things in 2023 i know we all have our theories as to who we'd like to see kind of at the center of it uh but ultimately we just don't have any conclusive information right now no the only thing that we know so, for yeah, sure is that's dawn of the dcu the only thing that we know for sure is that on that cover is only normal regular characters none of the new guys unless you're one of them people that call nightwing and starfire legacy characters i really don't include them uh but none of the new characters uh 
not Yara Floor, not Jonathan Kent. None That's an interesting topic for discussion. Make it Ooh, none of them make we'll it. Let's we'll get into that. We've got a multiverse um, <laughs> defining era, uh, apparently that isn't going to be. It's not. I, I feel like it's just a chance for everyone to tell whatever kind of story they want, and I am really, really afraid that we're going to go through a kind of uh, new 52 thing where it's going to almost sort of be undone. And we're going to find out that this earth where Nubia and Jace Fox and Joe Moline are legitimate heroes. Um, isn't really our earth. Oh, shit. That's some, that's some wild speculation there, buddy. Uh, it is, but it's wild. been coming yeah. a long fucking way, man. Nothing and... is impossible, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Indeed. What the hell was I going to say? Well, anyway. <laughs> any, any, whoa. Anyway. Anyway. Um, most importantly. Yeah. I think anime. about anime, too. Anyway, I have. Um... Yes, uh, yeah, I, I do wish that. Um, no, anyway, I was going to say, <laughs> most importantly, I think about the start of the DCU stuff, is that two of the covers prominently feature the return of the Super Sentai um, Batman-Superman hybrid, which I think is, is more important than anything else coming in 2023. Even the the seeming reunite, uh, reunition. Oh, my God, no, nobody can talk. <laughs> Reun- I know. <laughs> I even, know. I, even I'm the, all over the place today, man. The, the seemingly Reunion. reunited yeah. Brave and the Bold. Is that the with word? Bray, with Barry and uh, Hal showing up on that one cover that I saw. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't I don't think that's Barry because if you look at the costume, that flash has a cowl, has a very clear cowl, which, as we know, is a trademark of Wally's new suit. So I think that's oh, just yeah, Wally. That's, that's definitely Wally. Yeah, which is why, and I, I was going to mention this, but I, I didn't want to get too off track, even though I know we already kind of have. But I, I think one of the things that we can sort of expect from this new era is that, continuing from Infinite Frontier, Wally is just the Flash now. Like, I don't think they're showing any signs of slowing that down. I don't think numbers have dwindled in the Flash title. I think people are le- legitimately just like, yeah, Wally's the Flash, whatever. Why no one cares. Why no would one's they... asking when Barry is going to be back. No, because nobody's given a shit about Barry since he returned. I mean, and I'm yeah, not trying I, to be I mean, mean, that's but why I think it's I, it's all of his no, storylines no, no. have you, just been that's... stale and give everybody happy. Yeah. Wally gets killed, and the whole internet lit itself on fire. But I just I I love I love how I love how like normalized if that's you know the, the word i can use but i love how normalized wally's reascent to the flash um has been like no one is questioning it one of the last things i've seen on any discussion boards or, or anything has been you know when is barry going to return to the to the title of the flash like everyone's just like nah wally's the flash and, and we'll just kind of keep reading it for as long as well, we can and like if that's their long term plan i am so down for that Fucking a right, man. There's no reason for Barry to. I don't mean to be ignorant, but there's no reason for Barry to to even be at the uh, at the forefront of a of a title. Um, 
he he returned and that yeah. was cool. Like just just let Wally be. For yeah. the most part, for the comic reading audience, for the most part, um, every one of them has grown up with Wally as their Flash. Yeah. So the the, the fact that you know the major buying demographic if they're going to recognize somebody as flash it's going to be the person that they grew up with um as as that character and like i said for for most people that is wally west and you know no offense barry but he's just he's he's just better than you yeah he is (laughs) wally was flash kyle was green lantern batman's back was broken superman kicked the bucket that's the real shit Oh God! Back to the nineties. Does that baby. mean that we're gonna have the return? Of... <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I was gonna say. Does that mean that we're gonna have a return of the the four replacement Superman? So no more oh John. God. We're just gonna have Connor, Steel, Eradicator, and Cyborg Superman. We can't seem <laughs> to get rid of the motherfuckers again. anyway. I'm, down. Uh... I'm, I'm totally down for that, but I, I don't think people would be happy. Um, no, especially I, I'm Eradicator. Not happy about that because no I'm one would give a shit about that. that at all. Yeah. No. Eradicator doesn't even give a shit about Eradicator. <laughs> no, but he's super no, even no. more powerful now. <laughs> uh, so I, I did not actually get a chance to look at the the variant covers for uh, Crisis on Dead Dark Crisis. I'll just say Dark Crisis number seven. Yeah, so the <laughs> Super Sentai Super Batman is back. That's awesome. Is it? It's not even just like like an homage cover. Like he's full on fighting Dark Deathstroke. So maybe maybe that's yeah. He's maybe in the issue. That's that's pretty sick. And another cover that, I that could to actually bring elevate was, the series uh, a little bit. Maybe fucking last minute Dragon Ball Fusion dance to save the day. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah. But there's that. There's a cover with. Pariah facing off against uh, Billy Batson, Shazam, Firestorm, Captain Marvel, and or not Captain Adam and Power Girl, the second mm-hmm. Power Girl, which I thought was very interesting because we've not seen that mm-hmm. Power Girl in a long time. I think last time was Deathstroke Inc., not Deathstroke Inc. Uh, yes, yeah. That that Deathstroke series. What I don't remember the name of the corporation and the I, company he was working, but that one, yeah, you know what, yeah. Um, um, which is a very because a lot, a lot of was. these characters, yes, defiant, yeah. Um, yeah, the, we haven't seen these characters really in prominence in a while, save for Billy Batson. Yeah. So, are they going to be in this too? Are they the backup heroes? Are they maybe the the Justice League that follows suit when the Justice League that John built fails? That's an interesting team, though. It's it not is, really people you see together in any normal context. Not usually, but they've all, save for Power Girl, they've all been on a Justice League before. Mm-hmm. I think Power Yeah, Girl I always forget that Captain Adam was on the Justice League for a time. Um, yeah. No, I don't think she has. A wildly okay, so. underutilized good character. Power Girl? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Power, I Power Girl, really, pa- it seems um, like Power people Girl really depending on who's writing her. Captain Adam. Captain Adam as yeah. well. Oh, sorry. Were you talking about Power Girl or Captain no. Adam? Oh, Rob, yeah, yeah. Rob I asked say, if yeah. I was talking about it. It feels like you... Oh, okay. 
Wait, who's your super Both asking the same character question. that you're talking about? I'm kind of confused now. I said, a Oh, power wait, no, girl. I was, I was, I was reaffirming that with Captain Adam. <laughs> okay. Wait, oh, so what was Josh me. saying? Okay, okay, back up. Back I'm up, saying up. Power Girl depends on who's writing it, but Captain oh, okay. Adam is a highly underutilized character that, Oh, that for sure. it's a great yeah. character that nobody knows what to do yeah i think firestorm yeah. is yeah. too well, it's kind of like um definitely yeah it's kind of it's kind of like a lot of those those charlton characters that were folded into the dcu like question and and blue beetle i mean we get good runs from them but more often than not they're kind of you know they're not really serving super important roles or anything um, yeah so i feel like that's that's the case with a lot of them too but anyway, what were we even talking about? I'm sorry, we we totally went off uh, off topic. Variant covers, Jesus Dick. I mean, okay, Je- Jesus Nightwing. Yeah. Sorry, that You're very blasphemous as fuck. Yeah. Oh my We're god! How dare you? Jesus Dick. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> Smite you for your sins. Um... Oh man, a lot <laughs> sorry, of them look good, and um. You guys calling uh, it Super Sentai aside, uh, composite <laughs> Superman Batman, which is its right name, is is. Uh, I, mean, I would say that, but then the composite so Superman we had was that that weird robot that was literally half Batman, half Superman. And yeah, it was exactly. Something, and before you That's guys are too I young. Think of when I think of that. Type and it keeps going back. There's been there's been more than one iteration of composite Superman Batman. That's this true. Is just oh, the latest. That's very true. And it looks cool and greatest. Shit. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is definitely yeah. Cool I mean, I don't think anyone can dispute that. Nope, it is certainly, definitely. I would, I would say, without having going back and reading it, probably the most powerful, definitely the most cool looking. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Even though he has like a fourteen pack. I mean, he's a super saiyan. He's going to. <laughs> hey, cool things don't have to look practical. They just have to look cool. Exactly. Spawn. If you, you combine the muscles Speaking of, Spawn, of a Kryptonian and Batman, you're going to have extra muscles. Exactly. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I suppose you can't. That was, that was an attempted segue, which went belly Sorry. up. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. Uh, speak, no, we're, we're talking about abs, which is important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Those apps certainly no, spawned cool off, eh, Brandon? Oh my god. Where's our where's our rim shot? <laughs> there we go. Oh man. Um yes, speaking of things that are that look cool but are not practical, spawn. Uh and spawn, <laughs> as we know, has uh has a rather big uh, announcement coming up. Or I guess not announcement. Announcement is, is come and gone. But has a rather big uh, crossover coming up, I should say, with one Dark Knight, aka the Batman. Um, I think we talked about the announcement that there would be a Spawn Batman crossover. Another one, uh, the the third, yeah, if you will. Another one. Um, and this <laughs> is yeah, this is Batman Spawn, not Spawn Batman, which will this time be written by Todd McFarlane, not drawn by Todd McFarlane, with art from Greg Capullo. We really just knew that it was coming, and Greg Capullo was posting art on his Instagram page and Twitter and associated places. Um, but um, you know, we hadn't uh, been given any any finer details uh, about the, the crossover just yet. Uh, but thankfully, 
The wait is over as we now have a cover. We have many covers, in fact, uh, as well as some interior artwork uh, from Capullo with inks apparently from Todd McFarlane. I didn't even know he was still doing that stuff. Um, no, neither did I. Yes, that kind of well, surprises me. Yes. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's still in the game. Um, drawing, anyway. Um, but yes, the Batman Spawn uh, crossover got its official cover release as well as an official announcement date. That will be December 13th. So call your stores now. Make sure you're pre-ordering. Make sure you got your copy and a copy for your friend and a copy for your grandma who's never read Spawn before, but it's Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate around December. Uh, yeah. And it's you're going to get her a gift anyway, and it's going to be Batman Spawn. Hashtag yeah, exactly. Hulu for Christmas. I, for one, yes, I, I for one, know <laughs> I am going to give my brother a copy, a very special copy of Batman Spawn uh, for Christmas. One, because I think it's going to be great, and two, because I'm too lazy to buy something else for him that I think he'll actually want. So you're going to get Batman Spawn, bro. Um, but yes, yeah, this is featuring uh, some variant covers from Brett Booth, Francesco Mattina, um, as well as some unreleased covers um, from Jason Faybook, which I know I'm very excited to see, and Sean Gordon Murphy. Um, so cool stuff there. Like I said, December 13th. Pre-order it now. Make sure... It's, uh, it's, it's in your inbox uh, as soon as it comes out, so you can just read it and, and gobble it up and read it again. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think that's it. Faybach is on the level with Capullo. And the only, I, I, when, I, when I talk about like my favorites, and I have no idea, but Jason Faybach just disappears straight from my mind. Yeah, if yeah, someone well, brings, he's, if he's someone phenomenal, brings, up, but I think, oh my God, yeah. he is so much. Yeah, I haven't. No, artist. my mind is like that too. I think of like you know, great contemporary Batman or or just DC artists, and you know, I'll think of of a lot of the popular names that are thrown around right now. But um, Jason Faybook is someone who I, I literally follow him, so I see all the art that he posts. But it's like he just oozes out of my brain, and I don't know why. Um, but you know, he's and phenomenal. it's crazy because I mean, to see what kind of cover he's gonna yeah. have. Capullo, Sampir, I mean, he's he's on he's he's on Capullo's level as far as I'm concerned, and just wow, I feel bad that I, that I squeeze him out yeah. of the brain every time until someone says his name, and I'm like, Not oh yeah, quite I love as, that motherfucker. As, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, you know what I think it is. I think the problem is he just hasn't had like that really incredible, you know, book, incredible story to kind of hit you, and and I know art is is not obviously married to the story, but with someone like Capullo, he's known for Spawn. He's known for, you know, Batman with Snyder. Like even me just saying that Batman with Snyder, you think of that run, you think of the stories from that run, you think of yeah. everything else that that entails. Yeah. Whereas with and Jason Faybook, you know, I think the biggest stories that he's been attached to have been what three, three Jokers, Jokers, Dark Side War, and Dark Side War is not a terrible story, but I wouldn't, you know, exactly call it a legendary story, one that people no. talk about you know, it, with, uh, with reverence. So I, I think and, he's just, I think he's someone who is absolutely in his prime, but is waiting for that, you know, that epic story. Um, deserves really that epic him. story. Cause like, like you said, dark, dark side war wasn't bad, but it, it, it it's just not talked no. about. And it certainly is an attention grabbing. Now three jokers is for uh, yes, all yeah. kinds of different reasons for other, but reasons. On, on, yeah, yeah, unfortunately yeah. he gets attached yeah. to such a huge book and it's nothing but negative. You know, and so exactly. I feel like that yeah, certainly exactly. didn't do him any favors. Mm -hmm. So, 
I might have missed no, the beginning. No, it did not. Are we, are we suggesting Jason Fabok? So next year, when we get all the info for what's going to happen in the DCU next post-Dawn of the DCU, or whatever they're going with, uh, for the next big storyline, or maybe potentially Justice League book, we're doing Tom Taylor, Jason Fabok. No, I want Fabok to do that the Batman. That would be cool. Shit. I mean, it would be cool. I want Fabic on either a Batman <laughs> book by himself for a run or a Superman book. I want Daniel Sampier to Superman be, uh, I think would be a good fit. I, yeah, I think I think because just because he's done a lot of Batman stuff right now, like I feel like if he breaks out of this comfort zone and does, you know, Batman or sorry, not not Batman, or does Superman or my personal pick, Green Lantern. I think oh, it would just man. completely, you know, launch his career. Just, yeah, yeah, you can see it, can't you? I think he would you? be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because yeah, I, can, I, one of the things that I liked about, yeah, one of the things that I liked about Dark Side War is every time he drew Hal, it was like, oh, man, you would be so great on, like, Green Lantern Corps or a Green Lantern book. And I think he's done yeah. covers, but he's never done, like, a designated Green Lantern book, but... Just Im- I'm imagining him going wild with all the constructs and the strange worlds, and I think it would really just push him to new heights. Um, the question is, of course, who would write it? But uh, that's that's TBD. We'll we'll have to figure someone who could yes. really bring his A game or or their A game um, to the to the story. Yeah, my, my top oh, yeah, two choices are going to be A-game. Daniel Sampier or Ryan Sook for Justice League. For Batman or. Yeah. No, no, no. Or for, for, oh, for, for Justice League. Oh, for yeah, Justice, Justice League. League. Daniel Sampiere or, oh, yeah, or yeah. Ryan Sook. Daniel Sampiere for sure. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely up there for Daniel Sampier. I think that's practically a done deal. Yeah. 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 After, after Well, then I want Ryan Sook then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the problem is I love Ryan Sook, but I know he's not a monthly artist, um, which is, is just it's, – it's a little heartbreaking. So while I'm sure you it can is, get him man. from the first arc, he probably would not be the continuing artist for the entire series. Um, Fair enough. So, so somebody, you, you anybody kind of, out there, get that you, voice matter all. Yeah. Oh God. Well, I mean, then <laughs> then it's going to be all sloppy. You don't want that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know uh, what to other news you have. So I don't have a clever transition uh, primed and ready. I am all out of news. How about you, Rob? Um. Yeah, I think that's it. All yeah, right, well, it. let's let's hop into honorable mentions before we talk, start talking about the books. Yes, we well, I, I do have one brief, I have one little brief bit of news that I think will make you very excited, Josh. Um, oh. Boom Studios, who I'm sure you know at this point, announced a new book joining their lineup, which they do pretty much every week at this point, and it gets mm-hmm. everyone super excited. And that is a book called The Vicious Circle. It's a three-issue series following two men with a curse. Every time they kill, they involuntarily travel across time and space. And the creative team that is attached to this is Matson Tomlin, or sorry, Matt Matson Tomlinson, or whatever his name is, this is, this is and Lieber Mayo. Yay! Yes. Oh, that's gonna be yeah, awesome. So, I I with I withheld from uh, sending you this on Discord because I know you've been Libra Mejo radicalized recently. Um, I have. So I saw this and I was like, Josh is gonna go nuts. So let me surprise him. Um, well, so yeah, I'm, I'm super again? stoked to check this out. I, I 
It's called Vicious Circle. It's going to be a three-issue series. Um, and yeah, I can't even think of the last time I've seen him do a creator-owned title. So I'm super stoked for this. It looks The premise alone sounds awesome, but it looks super cool too. And these covers, uh, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my I god. wrote it down in the pay attention to. Oh my god, look at that yeah. freaking cover. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Oh my god. Oh my god. Thank you guys. Thank you so much, Brandon. <laughs> when I does that go on? That one, Mattson so. Tomlin. I like uh, Mattson Tomlin this... as well. He's a good writer. Mm, yeah, no, this is uh dropping in December. Um don't have a specific date, um, but I'm sure that'll be coming soon. So Definitely excited for this one. Um, Boom Studios just has a great catalog right now. They're honestly like they're my second favorite, right after uh, right after Image. Sorry, Dark Horse. I love you guys too, but like every every book that comes out of Boom is just like so so good right now. Um, but anyway, that that was the last bit of news. I figured I'd surprise you. So, well, I really appreciate that. Um, no. 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 Oh, I I just saw something real quick while I was while I was uh looking up the vicious circle and I happened to um just catch the 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 side uh, just a couple of words from the search result and I it said first appearance Savage Dragon miniseries. I'm like, "No." No, totally different vicious. Circle. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> that that's a different vicious circle, I can guarantee. <laughs> Unless Tomlin is just a huge fan of Eric Larson. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think so. Or he might be, but um it's it's, it's definitely not the same. So all right, honorable mentions then. Oh man, I am so distracted by the news of this book now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Um all right, honorable mentions. Uh Future State Gotham number 17, you might be into it, but it has gone off the rails for me, and I believe Rob said that it had jumped the shark. Yeah, but in in a different manner. Um, just, like, I don't even remember what it is now that made me say that. Just a moment so wild and out of left field that you, you don't expect it, and you're like, what, what the fuck? But I'm still into the story. <laughs> uh, I hope it turns it back around for me, because it's kind of it. It's uh, it's getting it's getting a little bit too far away from what I was expecting it to be. Um, Flash Fest Man Alive number one was supposed to come out. That's just another origin story for Barry, which nobody needs and or uh, at all wants. Jurassic Lead number five is for all the it's dino just a movie tie-in, right? Yeah. Uh, it really is just a movie tie-in, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. like nobody yeah. needs this shit. But uh, Jurassic League Also, five, isn't that movie like never coming out? Oh, it's coming out <laughs> 2023. But, yeah, I mean, it has to. Yeah. You mean 2028? Maybe. Or, <laughs> shit, you said that, now it's 2032. My kids will see that movie when it comes out. Agreed. And they'll be in their first year of high school. Yeah. Uh. 
Jurassic League number five is for all the Dino fans out there. You either love it or leave it. These guys love it. I went ahead and left it. Um, and <laughs> Batman Urban Legends number nineteen. You know, I just when when Urban Legends first came out, I was kind of outspoken about how much I did not think Gotham needed an anthology book and how much it definitely did not need an anthology book, um, another anthology book put out on a monthly basis, DC that is. But man, I like it. <laughs> 19 issues and it hasn't quite been, it hasn't been 100%. It's not five stars across the board for sure, but the stories for the most part are pretty darn good. You get some good young art in there or young uh, talent in there. Um, you get pop-ups of superstars. This one, not too bad. Signal and the Outsiders, like I said, that one needs better art, um, but it's a great story, and I have been enjoying the Pennyworth files, too. Those are fun, so uh, check out Urban Legends, and that rounds out my honorable mentions. Burnham was doing, I think, that Alfred story, so it kind of, I'm, I'm kind of curious to check it out now, but I've not read it. I'm enjoying it. Go ahead and give it a shot. I didn't. I, I, I didn't know Chris Burnham was writing for himself now. So I think I think that's super cool. Burnham Every time I hear you say out. Chris Burnham, I think of the, the the artist for that Beast Wars comic from IDW, and it was just god awful. Is that a different Chris but Burnham? It's it's a different. Uh, uh, I always forget the the artist name. Hang on. Every time oh, I hear no. the name Burnham, it just pops into my head. Bo Burnham. No, it's it's Josh Bertram. It's <laughs> it's not sad. Chris Burnham, but it's ah. it's the Bertram Burnham thing that always. I always forget the artist's name, but it's very sounds similar. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Bertram. If you're if you're listening, I don't hate your art. It just wasn't a good fit. It was god awful. <laughs> Stick to the cards. Well, maybe Chris Burnham Truck, should draw monkey. Transformers then. I'm so down for that. Yeah. Well, all right then. Honorable mentions over. Shall we move on to a specific kind of light? Yeah. I, I wonder what our first book is. Yep. Ooh. That would be Wonder Woman, which I'm going to pass over to Rob. Yeah. That was. I transitioned, so you know it was horrible. It's the wrong type of wonder. <laughs> anyway, so yes, this is Wonder Woman number seven ninety one. We have started the, uh, I I say it. It's not in the book, but unofficially starting the countdown to number eight hundred. Realistically, when they're ten issues away, I figure it's a good time to start counting. Uh, so this is written by, as usual, Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art from Marguerite Sauvage and letters from Pat Brosseau. Uh, today we are starting a new story arc and it is a welcome sight um diana has gone back to themiscara to basically pray at her mother's uh what would you call it uh, temple statue it's not really a grave it's a place to honor her mother yeah uh, uh and the what, spirit what do you of her call, mother like the, the not a mausoleum is it a mausoleum no. i don't know like where it's the like people are interred, the building? Yeah, that's a mausoleum. I, I can't even think of the word, but it's not really a mausoleum. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, yeah, I was, it's I was just, thinking it's like a the... little, It's a little dome 
with pillars and a statue of Hippolyta there. Oh. And I can't think of in, what it would be called. In the last issue, we got the name of it, and I completely fucking forgot what it was. Yeah. What they're calling yeah. it. But let's just call yeah. it a park feature. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a park. There's a lot of greenery around, so it, it fits. Okay, uh, so Diana's at the park feature of her mother. Um, and the spirit of her mother appears in ghostly form to speak from Mount Olympus, uh, giving her uh, an explanation as to why she did what she did, and to give her warnings of the future. And a little while later, she is visited by Philippus and Anahi, the Oracle of the Escasita, uh, who gives her another warning herself that she's having nightmares. And so Diana uses the Lasso of Truth to jump into the nightmares and finds uh, what looks like lotus flowers uh, somewhere in Brazil, but within the lotus flowers are skeletons symbolizing death. And then you see people in hazmat suits collecting the lotus flowers and then some red eyes that Diana vaguely recognizes. Uh, so together they go off to Brazil and find the lotus flowers being collected by uh, all sorts of farmers and boats and they're excuse me the they are being taken off to a hidden facility uh, with the escasita's help diana uh takes down or knocks out one of the the farmers and takes their place uh going undercover she enters the facility all the while letting etta at checkmate headquarters know uh, what is going on uh, so she sneaks her way into the facility deeper in and finds it's the, a giant processing facility that these flowers hold uh, intense healing properties if used right, but the scent is uh, not exactly deadly or poisonous, but can really do a number on your senses and give you nausea. Uh, but some uh, members of staff, if you will, have died due to the, the smell of the pollen. So as she gets deeper, uh, she impersonates uh, a doctor and is almost stopped by a couple of guards, but takes the guards out, uh, sneaks into the facility that they were, or the room that they were uh, standing guard at, and it's a laboratory filled with all sorts of different species of animals with glowing eyes uh, for unknown reasons. And as she goes deeper while talking to Ada and letting her know what's going on, she finds none other than Barbara Minerva herself in full cheetah form, also gone a little feral with the yellow eyes and just growling constantly. Oh. Yeah. Oh, def- definitely not that kind of growling. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess if I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, first impression, much better story so far. It is the first part of this story arc so i will refrain uh from giving too much to it uh, right now but it is already way more interesting than anything that went on with cisco so i'm all for it uh the art is is really good uh, it's very detailed very very descriptive and uh, nice to look at and it's nice to get to a uh, wonder woman villain that matters so yeah Fuck you, Doctor Psycho. You dick. <laughs> Do something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was a. Yeah. I, I, thought this was a better issue. Um, definitely a welcome departure from Milk 
And I think that's all we'll say about that. Um, yeah. Nice to finally have some kind of resolution between Diana and Hippolyta. Although I, I found the whole vague, like, uh, you know, their plans have been upset and I, I can't tell you who they are. I got to go by. It was a little, it was a little cliche, but I'm sure we'll get more of that later, hopefully. Um, but oh. uh, aside from that, it was, it was cool seeing Diana actually get to interact more with the Escasita. Um, I, I hope we get more of that, especially with her being in uh, Brazil. Um, and then I thought it was a pretty solid hook at the end, um, seeing yeah. just what the hell happened to Cheetah. It's certainly not the first time we've seen Cheetah as kind of feral or out of her mind, but uh, it's it's a decent enough hook that has me interested to see what happens in the next issue, which is more than I could say for the previous issues. So I gave this one a 7.75 out of 10. Yeah, that's an 8 out of 10 for me. All right. What'd you say? Uh, backup notwithstanding. Backup notwithstanding. Yeah, let me sum up <laughs> yeah. the backup for you. Backup it's redacted. Com- <laughs> it's completely okay to skip if it's not your thing. It's completely okay to skip if it is your thing. Young Diana says blah, blah, blah with a cameo by a knockoff Pokemon. End of book. I would have even said knockoff rain dog for multiverses. <laughs> yeah, it it reminded me a lot of yeah. that. It might have just really? been the color scheme, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, it is really good back to being uh, back with the Amazon stories after such a big, huge tease about Amazon stories. And that is a welcome break from the dumb shit that we've had. Uh, peace with Apollo's passing. Amazon's working together. Uh, a actual emotion being shown in the book um, through the writing. Uh, Savage. Savage is always hit or miss with me. And um, this one kind of landed like right in the middle. There's nothing really wrong with the art. There's a lot of pretty pages. Uh, generally speaking, this isn't my favorite style unless you go Okay, this is going to sound like I'm relegating it to just one artist, but if you, I feel like if you're going to do this, you got to go full Sweeney Boo or 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 like not at all. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody or not, but it's it's a little bit too soft. I I understand what you're saying, although I wouldn't say it's the best comparison. All right, but I I get Uh, I get what you're I get what you're saying stylistically, yeah. But um, the, the the fucking colors are popping, man. Um, there's barely any shading or shadow throughout, but the colors actually, the way that they're done, actually pull that off and make it okay. Um, so like I said, uh, there, there's little tiny things, um, but it's really nothing to complain about. I was just trying to explain how Savage isn't really my thing, but um, this is a setup for a potentially really good story. Um, that is... Unless, oh god, I almost don't want to say this to you guys, but I have a, an overwhelming feeling that these flowers are being mass-produced and processed as to be the active ingredient in cycle milk. Uh, well, let's not even let's not even go there. Well, we uh, let's keep it positive today. We it's that's Brandon. We need to remember that that story was left wide open before she came back to Themyscira. There was no closure. Uh. 
or end of that maybe story. that's one of those better left forgotten stories like oh, yeah brother, it I... didn't end but maybe it's better that we just kind of forget it happened i i I'm would love fine to with that I'm i would love okay to with that. i i don't see clunan or conrad uh i don't see them forgetting it though um again uh i can't I, 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 they... I, <laughs> I really hope i'm wrong what's what's that um what's that greek like dish that you can eat that like makes you forget stuff is it ambrosia yes yes it's like i don't know that's not it is it the nectar of the gods it's like something like that yeah it's ambrosia you can eat it it, like remove memories right yeah yes yeah so let's let's hope that uh in true olympian fashion clunan and conrad have been feasting on some ambrosia and they just kind of conveniently forgot the last story they wrote and they're like oh well let's just do something new please (laughs) man i couldn't i couldn't mean that more sincerely stop fucking up wonder woman please just give her good stories (laughs) yeah yeah even if it's even if it's not solo diana which i'm totally cool with man make a team book keep it a team book i don't give a shit make it wonder woman whatever you want to do just no more crappy stories in any case i gave wonder woman (laughs) go ahead Oh no, I was I, I was gonna gear up the next transition, but I, I um, forgot that you didn't give your score. <laughs> uh, all right, well let me pop that out real quick. Wonder Woman seven ninety one, I gave a seven point five. Very cool. Well, we're still on the subject of Wonder Women. Oh, Rob, did you have to go? No. Okay. Oh, where? Oh, oh, okay. I thought you said something. Uh, no, while we're still on the subject of Wonder <laughs> Women, or Wonder Woman, let's continue with our next book, Dark Crisis, World Without a Justice League, Worlds Without a Justice League, excuse me, Wonder Woman number one. Our main story was brought to us by Teeny Howard with art from Leila Del Duca, colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Troy Pateri. And our backup story was brought to us by Dan Waters with art from Brandon Peterson, colors from Mike Atia, and letters also from Troy Pateri. So after stopping, uh, or excuse me, after stopping by the inauguration of President Etta Candy, Wonder Woman whisks Etta away to Paradise Island where she is commemorated as an honorary Amazon. They have a lovely feast that night and Etta, who is a little bit concerned that she will not be able to make it back to the uh, main homeland of, of the world uh, in time is reassured uh, by Cheetah uh, that the, I forget what it is, the, the time thing or whatever, the, the tapestry of, of the, time oh, the tap- uh, has been the tapestry keeping them all in place. Time. Yes. Yep. Freezes everything. Yes. So something like that uh, is, is, is freezing time right now so that they can all sleep safe and not have to worry about what's coming next. The next morning, as Wonder Woman is training with Jumpa, she notices some strange things going on in the tower where her mother, uh, as well as Baya and others, are working on something in secret that she cannot disclose. Napolita initially says that it's some kind of uh, artist or sculpture or something like that, but Diana, who is curious to see it, uh, does not entirely believe her, given that Hippolyta refuses to let her see this supposed sculpture. Diana, being impulsive, makes her way over to the place that Hippolyta is trying to hide and discovers that Hippolyta, as well as the other Amazons, have been building missiles, the very thing that they were sworn to destroy from man's world. 
Diana, who is trying to make sure that the missiles are not completed, leaps in after it, but is soon followed by the rest of her Amazon sisters and then is knocked down into the Well of Souls. This Well of Souls, however, has been corrupted and completely desecrated by none other than one we just talked about, a Mr. A Mr. Dr. Psycho, um, who I assume <laughs> is related to Mrs. Dr. the Monarch. Um, I completely botched that one. But Dr. Psycho, who's chilling out uh, in the Well of Souls, tells Diana of the secret little history that's been going on in man's world, one that she has conveniently forgotten. And that is that the Amazons, who had decided to take a little bit more of a hands-on approach in man's world, have also made plans to abandon the Earth to Gaia, given the fact that man and the rest of creatures on Earth, on Gaia, have completely desecrated it to the point that it cannot be recovered. So the Amazons' plan is to pretty much leave it in the dust, fire off some missiles, and then fly off into space to find a new Earth. Does that sound ridiculous? Sure, but it's comics, so get over it. Uh, Diana is naturally furious that the Amazons would abandon Gaia like that and charges after them, but unfortunately decides to stay with the rest of the members of humankind and abandon her Amazon sisters as they fly off into space because she is, after all, a Wonder Woman, and that means for all mankind, not just the Amazons. Leaving Dr. Psycho on the shore, she gets some answers out of him and gets one step closer to realizing that this world that she is inhabiting is a false reality, but decides that whatever Dr. Psycho is rambling about is clearly wrong. Her duty, at least for right now, is to protect the denizens of Gaia and make sure that they are safe, regardless of what the Amazons think and regardless of what Dr. Psycho says. That's our Wonder Woman story. I can go on to the backup, or we can chat about the main story right now. Up to you guys. I'm I'm good doing it individually. That's fine. I I happen to score yeah. them individually as well. Um, did you want to give? Did you? I did too. But I, I know last time. Yeah, I, I know last time you said we were doing like composite scores now. So, um, I was. I, I, I didn't do that. I scored it individually, but I didn't know if you still want to do that. But anyway. Um, I always do both. <laughs> I am probably going to be – yeah. I, I'm probably going to be in the minority for this, but I don't know. I must be on drugs or something. Uh, but these Dark Crisis stories are at least the tie-ins. Like I've been pleasantly enjoying them. They're not great, but they're fun peeks into alternate realities of worlds featuring our heroes and – I don't really hate that premise. They're shorter than I think they should be, uh, and I think that would benefit from having the, these stories would benefit from having a you know a full thirty-page story as opposed to a twenty-one and a ten-page backup. But I understand that there's not really a ton they can do there. For now, I'm just I'm just kind of trying to have fun with the shorter stories and you know take it for what it is. So yeah, I didn't really hate it. I, I thought it was a decent read, and I actually I think last time Rob, you had mentioned that these stories given that they're all kind of individual stories, they don't really feel like they have a continuing story. But I actually feel like we're kind of getting a continuing story, especially with how um, Diana had confronted uh, Dr. Psycho and was sort of getting closer to the idea that this world that she's living in is, is a false reality. And that is actually reinforced in the next story, which we'll cover. Um, but I, I think we're kind of starting to get like a story and maybe by the time we get to you know the batman tie-in or the green arrow tie-in i forget which one is last but 
that's when we'll actually see all the heroes break free or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm being optimistic, but I, I, I feel like you can kind of see the, the meta story, if you will. I don't think that's the right word, but you can see the larger story of they're all getting closer to the truth, but they're not quite there yet. Um, although I, I, I guess have Aquaman a thing about that, that, but I'll get into it after know. we talk about the backup. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I, I didn't hate it. Really like the art. Layla Del Duca is someone that I really didn't discover until Future State of all things. And everything she's done since has just continued to impress me. And it's sort of surprising that she hasn't landed herself in ongoing or some kind of series, continuing series. So I hope that's the case soon because she did a hell of a job here. And uh, I think she'd do a hell of a job on, on any other title. Um, though, personally, I think it should be Flash. Um, but uh, that being said, very much enjoyed it, and I gave this one an 8.25 out of 10. Well, I think um, I'm right there with you. I think the art looks pretty dang good all over in this book. Um, I have found that these individual worlds, the one-shots for them, are pretty enjoyable. Um, I feel like this one was decent enough, too. Um, the dialogue, I felt, was either juvenile or or kind of over the top um throughout the whole thing hmm. so that didn't really read well for me it's not it's not horrible but okay so teeny howard doesn't necessarily have a voice she has a mood and it's like almost if she's gonna write an issue that's for fun <laughs> you can you can oh, tell you can read in the way that she is writing that she's just having fun as opposed to when she started out on the Catwoman, or you know, for the most part, her entire Catwoman run, for the most part, is 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 got 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 a bit of an edge and a seriousness to it. But when it was time for that Catwoman and Harley to go on, yeah. Well, uh, say again. I said that is a phenomenal description. She doesn't have a voice; she has a mood. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if it's entirely I mean, it's, true, but I yeah. love I love the way it, that sounds. If if you if you read her first two issues of Catwoman and then you read the road trip issues of Catwoman, you would almost think that it was two different people writing, and that's okay because she lightens up her voice when things aren't quite so serious. And I can't say the same for for a lot of writers. A lot of writers just are are where they're at. Um, maybe the another one that pops to mind that can kind of go back and forth between everything is Tom Taylor. But um I I uh I didn't think that this was horrible. It's 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 so far it's it's not my favorite worlds without story. It's probably my least favorite worlds without story this one because it was like there was a whole lot of because comics in this one. Um but I don't hate it. It it just wasn't Didn't for me, you rip apart Oh, I was going to say, didn't you rip apart, or I think more appropriately, rip a new asshole, the Dark Crisis Superman one? This sounds yes, a lot cause... nicer than that one. <laughs> it pissed me off. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's that's I had forgot about that one. So, yeah, this is not my least favorite. This is not my least favorite at all. That one was absolutely horrible. And thanks for bringing that back to my memory. I My memory was uh -huh. nice enough to let me let that one go, Brandon. Um <laughs> wow! Yeah, yes, now, well, I'm, now, I'm sorry now, for now I, you like that. I can't, I can't now see anything but forget. Jonathan. Uh, I can't see anything but Jonathan dressed up like Robin now. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I I gave this a, I gave this one a seven out of ten. Far far better than the five out of ten that I gave 
be uh, Superman. Uh, it's, it's so-so. Yeah, it, of all, if, okay, I don't really have notes for the one Roman story, that's the thing. <laughs> I can agree that the dialogue is a little weird, um, but I just, I don't know how to feel about it. If, if I'm comparing to the other worlds without a Justice League stories, it, it might be on the bottom right now, just from least interesting or in terms of how does this make sense I, okay when i'm reading these every time i read a new issue i i don't i don't necessarily have notes for the story i have notes for the series so i'll i'll hold off until we finish first manager because i have a lot to complain about <laughs> am i am i missing any of them there's there's aquaman um there's Aquaman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern, right? And then there's uh, there's Martian Manhunter next, and we had Hot, Hot Girl. Girl. Well, yeah. That, yeah, but not that have already come out, though, right? No, Hot, Hot Girl was with Green Lantern. She was the backup. Oh, yeah, in the backup. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of... And then next uh, is Green Arrow with Black Canary, and then it's, it's Batman with... Who the hell is last? Zatanna. Uh, Zatanna? Yeah, yeah. Zatanna. Which I, I mean, want to say confirm is... that that's the backup, but Zatanna was there in Jail 75. I'm pretty sure it's Zatanna. Um, yeah. But I, 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 I'm like... I've completely the blanked girl on has doing been... that. I know Cy Spurrier is doing... The girl has been picking oh, up I was just and gonna say, I know showing Cy up in... Doing that one in important yet very tiny segments but she's been showing up in rather important roles and important pieces for quite some time now well she's always been pretty important um well i guess that's a relative term um because <laughs> important may be more important to some than others but uh yeah i would say probably since justice league dark in the new 52 she's always kind of had an important role Indeed. Well, how about this? <laughs> oh man, that because comic books about Wonder Woman. There's there's another story in this one that's a lot about because comic books. But this one was I don't know <laughs> in a different way. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, this is our Martian Manhunter backup. As previously mentioned, this is from Dan Waters, Brandon Peterson, colors from Mike Atea, and letters from Troy Pateri. Really interesting Big use colors. of black and white here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, it threw <laughs> me for a loop too, but there are actually colors attached to this. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, this is the John John's Martian Manhunter, or more accurately, Martian Squid Hunter uh, backup story uh, where John John's <laughs> is investigating a murder that causes him to question what he may know about his reality. In this strange, bizarre version of Earth, humans have evolved to take on the facial and mental abilities of squids. Uh, and John no longer feels, or squid, I don't know, I forget the plural. Um, John no longer feels like an outsider in this paradise. When confronting a hostage situation, the assailant has the form of John's Martian form and informs him that his whole reality is a construct. 
John ignores him, guns him down, frees the hostage, and resigns himself to his regular life, just like a good noir detective. Um, I didn't have a lot of comments about this. Really dug the art. Probably the best I've seen from Peterson. I think he should do more stuff in like black and white or close to black and white. Actually worked really, really well in this. Um, or just pair with Micah Taya more. Um, okay. whatever, whatever he did this time worked. Um, kind of reminded me of like, um, you probably won't know this, but Jesus Saiz, um, who was doing a number of books in the early 2000s. And I think most recently did like, um, or, or is doing Punisher right now. That's probably why he's on my mind. Um, oh, it really yeah. reminded me of like Jesus Saiz for some reason. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, it was cool. Love the setting. Um, yeah, um, love the setting. Uh, interesting backdrop, having them all be squid people. Um, but I, I think it works if you're trying to highlight what John's desires are. Um, and... Even if it is a very threatening look, I love the way John is drawn, where he's got like this guy in a chokehold with the uh, with the six shooter um, aimed right at his temple. It just looked really cool. Um, anyway, yeah. I gave this one uh, an eight out of ten. Uh, I know the gimmick has been done to death now, but uh, the black, white, and red art in here is just fucking fire, man. And um, the best use of the whole black, white, and red shit that i have seen since they started doing it and i'm very happy that black white and red was not a part of the title uh but martian squid hunter that's i don't care if he looks like a squid or not don't call him that that's just weird um he's like a he's like a hard gristled uh chicago cop in this issue and he's he's pretty arrogant and and out in the open about how unimpressed he is. He was with humans before they started splicing their DNA to to be able to uh, to have camouflage or regenerate or any of the other bonuses that he mentioned in the story. Uh, it's a small crime story where, and I'm trying to figure this out. What happened there? Because it's like Martian Manor killed off himself, right? So that is, does that mean that he's refusing to leave? Because that, to me, this is the only outright story so far where where we've seen the the character not um, have even the slightest clue that they that they are living in a fantasy world, and that seems odd out of all people for it to be Martian Manhunter. But uh, it looks. I think cool that's why, because it's probably his subconscious trying to break him free. Like, yeah. there's an aspect of his mind that is running around that's essentially like, "Hey, I'm gonna try and get your attention, cop guy, as much as I can in any way I can to make sure that you know that something is not right here. That this reality is a construct. So that's that's how I took it. At least it was. It's a part of his mind, a part of his subconscious that's sort of running around trying to get his attention to like get him to wake up and realize that it's all a, all a lie. I I hope that's what happens. And I hope that, uh, I guess it's going to happen off panel, hopefully. Um, who knows, but it looks cool as hell. And the story is pretty damn interesting. Um, like we mentioned, it's kind of open ended. Uh, and, at the very end, it's the only spot where you see anything other than black, white, and red. They throw in green for the Martian Manhunter in his normal form. 
and that makes it look even cooler, man. I gave the backup an 8.5 out of 10, rounded out the score for the book to 8. How about okay. you, guys? So, yeah, Martian Manhunter, um, easily my favorite one, but I, I love a good detective story, as I've always said, especially... Uh, a Jean Jones detective story. Marsh Manhunter is one of my favorite Sorry. detectives in the DCU, uh, just for the the lengths he can go to and the abilities he can bring to the work. It's it, it was a lot of fun, and it did actually bring us closest that we've seen so far to one of the heroes trying to break out of the world. I, I could totally see Marsh Manhunter being the one to to have that level, being so mentally. Uh, endowed to begin with but we did see aquaman uh while it, while he was in the world he didn't realize it at the time but there were uh stuff there there were panels with him seemingly outside of it where he said i'm going to kill you when i get out of here uh yeah which, at the very end that, yeah yeah that's that's the only very, part very where questionable that as to what that was the... yeah um yeah. so my my and Superman. Superman said that shit too. Yeah. My my issue with these one shots is all the worlds are interesting. They're very cool concepts, but we are only going to get 22 pages of each one and then that's it. And if we had a full like three issue mini or like an Elseworlds book dedicated to these worlds that we get to see more and have like a deep story and something fun with it, that'd be great because so far all it is is like a tease. There's like a preview for something that's never coming out because Jeff Johns wrote it. Multiverse of the metaverse of the omniverse son. They're going to throw yeah. this shit into one of them. I, I freaking hope so. And what, what else was I going to... I don't even remember all my complaints now. Shit. <laughs> uh, the Wonder Woman one was just... While Martian Manhunter seemed the most interesting to me and and dealt the most in terms of the overall story, Wonder Woman was the least. Because it if this whole thing, if all these concepts are supposed to be uh, the thing that the character desires most, their perfect world, their world that, that they could dream of, or the things that they miss the most, you definitely saw that with Superman and Aquaman, and, and definitely with Jon Stewart. Uh, but with a, another podcast I listened to, uh, I listened to them today talking about it. Uh, it's a very Green Lantern-centric podcast. Uh, they did raise some some interesting points about how it's a very curious, perfect world for Jon Stewart, uh, considering people missing in the current setting. But beyond that, it is a nice setting for Jon Stewart and a very interesting setting for Hawkgirl as well. But Wonder Woman? I do not see this as her perfect world, especially if no, her mother is ready to just kill the rest of the planet. It doesn't make sense did that you, that's her perfect world. Did you guys notice that the missiles were made out of clay? I was trying to they figure were that out. They magic motherfucking missiles. It did look <laughs> weird. So it, it really, she wasn't lying, it was an art project. Technically. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's, it's a missile until they need to ride inside of it and fly out to space. And then it's a rocket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So Neat. I'm I'm, st- I'm just I'm very conflicted. 
<clears throat> oh shit. A transformer made out of clay, that'd be weird. Um I'm very <sighs> conflicted on these 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 one shots still. I'm enjoying them. I like them, but I'm disappointed because it's all we get. And and as far as the overarching story goes, I'm not mad. Um, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You are all set to yeah. be a dead, my man. You are all set. To be <laughs> I'm a so dead. ready. Yeah. I'm so yeah. ready. Just... I'm not that ready, but I'm, I'm definitely ready. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, the next one, at least what I remember reading the solicits a while back, uh, with Green Arrow, Black Canary, promises to have some deeper revelations. Which would be interesting. And I could totally see uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary sharing a world. As opposed to each having their own world. At least I hope that's the yeah. case. Because I, I imagine from... both of them. Yeah. Their perfect world just includes each other. Okay. So yeah. here's my Although thing. From the, from the preview images we've had. It looks like they're going to be separate worlds. So Damn. I Because I, I, I it, it looks say... like whatever Black Canary setting is different from always. Fucking Mark Guggenheim in this shit again. <laughs> Whoops. They always do. Yeah. Need Oops. to keep Guggenheim and Berlanti as far away from any projects as possible. But um kill Laurel bastard. I'm saying. But uh I th- I think what's gonna happen is the Green Arrow story is gonna about be about Green Arrow feeling like he's more important to the league. Um that 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 he has a more prominent role in the league and that Black Canary is there and is very supportive of him. And I think that the Black Canary book is going to kind of be the exact opposite where Ali doesn't need to be a hero anymore and they just live their life. I feel They'd like okay with that, but that, that was that also like medieval the, times. The, that was, that was <laughs> also the end true. of his last run. Like that, totally that was actually the overarching story. I'd be or, good or with either one. Ollie saved the city. He saved Seattle. And then the league was like, you know what? You are a hero after all. And then he's like, I appreciate that. But you know what? I've realized I learned something today. I don't need you guys. And then he went back to Seattle with his team <laughs> and lived happily ever after with Black Canary. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Good times. That was yeah. the uh, hard traveling hero arc, which was one of my favorites of that Reaper. Yeah. Uh, that was a very fun story. Takes down a satellite. And the, the league are like, Ollie, you've really matured. We want you to be a part of us now. We even got you a chair so you can sit at the table with us. And he's like, Welcome yeah. to the end. So here's the thing. <laughs> like, yeah. So here's the thing. A year ago, I totally would have been down for that. But your boy has grown up a lot. And uh, I think I realized I kind of want to do my own thing. And I'm just like, God damn it. We just got the chair for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think $4,000 chair. It's <laughs> yeah. made out of clay. Exactly. Yeah. I, that was, especially since that, that whole arc, he goes from city to city and has team ups with all the heroes. And they're all like, uh, yeah, you're such yeah, a loser. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, well, they're, they're like, they, they see him and they're like, Green Arrow? Are you serious? Because they know him as like the douche from you know the New Fifty Two, but then they're like, yeah. "Wow, you really matured, and you've grown a beard too. Like, clearly you've made some changes." <laughs> like, thanks, guys. Glad to know the superhuman community is so supportive. 
Oh, I mean, uh, obviously, if, if if you want to be taken seriously, just grow a damn goatee. Yeah, that's Batman super. Exactly, that's, he's that's, respected uh, that's without the good. goatee. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Suppose yeah. that goes double for uh, for the rest of the the beardless members of the league too. They all have their respect without facial hair. Yeah, but they got superpowers. It doesn't matter. <sighs> okay. Um, all right. You you may be onto something issue, though. though. Maybe maybe that's why Green Arrow grows his facial hair to compensate, so so he can be remembered yeah. in the league because <laughs> he doesn't have powers. And that 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 could be a, a legitimate theory. You never know. Kevin Smith uh, figured out. Yeah. yeah. As for the score, though, I, I gave the whole book an eight point two five. Right it's on, enjoyable. Right on, right on. As all the others are, just please give us more. <laughs> all right. Well, then I guess that moves us on over to. The next book, yeah? Yes, sir. Yep, Batgirls number 10. Josh, take it away. You know what? I think I'll, I think I'll do that. The uh, uh, story... Yes. Okay, let me ask you a question real quick first, Brandon. I feel like in a lot of books we see written by, and on some books we see story by. So am I to yes. assume story by is... Uh, more along the lines of the Dan Abbott kind of method of writing. How do you mean? They're not. I said Dan Abnett. That's not what I meant. Um. Oh damn! Now I completely forget the Marvel method. I I, I forgot the dude's name. Superstar oh, um, writer. No. So unless unless you see um. Unless you see, you know, script by someone else where someone's outlining the story but someone else is scripting it, you right. can just sort of take it to mean that whether they say it's a story by or a script by, it's all being written by this one person or this team of people. I think it ultimately just comes down to, to what you actually put in the script. So, because you know, you have to, and this is something I learned. Oh, shit. We lost Rob. He'll be back. Yet again. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, I, this this will just be a, a brief thing, but um, what I learned is you you actually write the credits like your name and the the credits of your co-creators in the script. So they probably just choose. Okay, do we say story by or script by? Yeah, whatever, and then just put it in there. Um, but unless it's designated as something separately, you can just assume it's they're working from the full script method, not the uh, not the Marvel method. So and not, what not would, with a you know a, a separate scripter or something. What would you what would what would you have to see in those credits to assume that it is written with the with the with the quote unquote Marvel method? I mean, really, there is nothing you can see uh, unless they you know unless the creators tell you that they wrote in the Marvel method because really the the thing is. Um, there's there's no way to see it in a script without seeing the script itself, um, which in Fair the case enough. of the Marvel method would be a very limited script because it's working from plot based storytelling as opposed to a full script which writes out all the um, all the panels and all the dialogue and all that stuff. The Marvel method is just you're writing the plot 
of the entire issue or sometimes you're working page by page. So you say, here's what's happening in page one and page two, but you're not saying like page one, panel one, this happens, panel two, this happens, and this right. character says this. Plot-based writing is just, I'm saying what's happening on this page, however you want to you know, sketch that out, artist is up to you, which is a, a wild method. But uh, if it worked for Stan and Jack, I suppose it can work for, for anyone. So when you see story by, script by, or written by, you just take it to mean all the exact same thing? Yeah, it's it's essentially just the same thing. Like you, there's really no way to determine whether or not they're working from plot based versus full scripts, aside gotcha. from actually getting that answer from the creators themselves. Um, I have just yes, that's I something that I've just wondered for so long. But um, all yeah, right. I think it's just and a personal thing. Like if you're if you're putting the preference. credits in a page, like maybe you're just like yeah, like oh, do I say story? Do I say script? Do I say because sometimes written. they have written by and sometimes they have writer, right? Right. Or yes, like it, it'll say like written by Stephanie Phillips or Stephanie Phillips writer. Like I think it's just a personal thing. So gotcha. however you want to do it, it's how you do it. All right. Well, this is how I want to do it. Story by Becky Cloonan and, and the evil that is Michael W. Conrad. Neil Gushan art colors Rico Renzi and Becca Carey with lettering. Wrapped in a cover from Jorge Corona and Sarah Stern. Starts out with an unknown bad guy being shown as Killer Moth's boss before shifting to the Batgirls doing research in a library trying to break the strange cipher that they've received, going off their only clue, an eyeball. They grab loads and loads of books. Stuff meets a dude named Kyle Mizuguchi that will probably show up later and they have no luck there so they take the books home kind of the eggs at the library and get into it with killer moth have no clue what they did with the books but uh i guess they just left them there wow that will be one pissed off librarian let me tell you but uh killer moth gets away (laughs) after shooting them with a silken web and then drops them into a cart um, at the fish market, so next stop is the showers. Meanwhile, Babs is meeting with Commissioner Montoya to see if they can work together. Though Montoya says that she trusts and always had trusted Oracle, she knows that she can't stop Oracle from hacking the police, and she says that she'll do anything for Gotham except teen up with bats. Best she can do is just not get in Oracle's way. But that's all. Uh, after Babs poofs on Renee, uh, Babs stops at Dick's house for no reason other than to grab a piece of ass before she heads home. Alicia, sh- oh, it's true. Alicia shows up with bubble tea and donuts and reveals that Grace Ho- O'Halloran, um, uh, the the news reporter that went crazy in the spellcaster arc of of Batgirls and uh, the news. She's now started up her own podcast uh, called Times of Grace. And that prompts, uh, after it being brought up, that prompts Babs to ask if if Alicia could get um, Grace some anonymous messages. That's when the Batgirls announce that they crack the cipher and get directions to meet at what they infer is the top of Gotham's zoo bat enclosure. 
they're assuming. So I can't remember exactly what the cipher broke into, but that's basically what it said. Um, but uh, the the riddles all of a sudden make Bab just now begin to suspect that maybe these riddles could be the work of the Riddler. But as it turns out, it's not. It is someone that goes by the name of Mr. Fun. And that's all, folks. That's the end of the issue. Mr. Fun sounds dangerously close to the main villain in I Am Batman that we've been told is Mr. Giggles, I believe. Uh, Mr. Fun and Mr. Giggles, if I'm correct, if I'm remembering correctly. But maybe they work together maybe like Mr. Agony Mr. and Mr. Ecstasy and Mr. Agony over and yeah. That's literally yeah, what I was, I was gonna just say, saying. Mr. Ecstasy and Mr. Agony. Yeah, uh, we're on the same wavelength, dude. <laughs> It's, um, the uh, the Batgirls breaking the fourth wall, even if it's just the caption boxes of whom I still cannot figure out is supposed to be talking to me. That's not for me. Um, let's leave it to the originals. She-Hulk, Deadpool, Ambush Bug. I feel like that's all comic books need for fourth wall breakers. Uh, Cass's cape is 100% absolutely just ridiculous in this book. I'm not a fan of how sloppy the art got in a lot of places the batgirls not oracle but well steph um she kind of sort of acted like she didn't know who killer moth was but that might have just been poorly written sarcasm uh yeah i didn't know what that was about either yeah why why does he have web they they surely would know who killer moth is yeah i mean he's he's a classic batman b-lister and 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 why does he have web shooters He's that's totally the wrong insect, y'all. No, he's moonlighting a Spider-Man or something. I guess, I guess. <laughs> the flying spider, killer, killer moth spider. Oh God, there's a lot of nightmares going on there. But here Montoya <laughs> is well in Gotham for one, and she still hates masks and says that she's given up being one. Yet we see later that she hasn't. Um, she calls Batman the devil. She talks about how she loves this city and will do anything for it. Well, except except not go to New York for a job offer, I guess. <laughs> but uh, this is just a, it's just a silly book. At the end of the last arc, I felt like we were getting, um, I don't want to say serious, but they kind of had, had found their lane as, as to like the middle ground between the exceptionally juvenile and gritty feel that they were bouncing back and forth with. And I feel like they, they just kind of lost that stride and they can't make up their mind again. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a fan of what's going on in there right now. And I, I, I love Cass. Most of all Cass and Oracle stuff is nice to have there. And I feel like it's just a bummer that they're not, uh, they're not given their fair due. Cass is a bad mamma jamma and she should be in, Bad Mama Jamma stories. I gave it a six out of ten. Interesting. Fair enough. Um, I did not love this issue, but I did not hate it. Um, I, I did not hate it nearly as much as you. Um, I had a couple of minor notes just to start. Um, first, if Steph starts dating fucking Kyle Mizuguchi from gotham academy i'm gonna i'm gonna quit this book i'm gonna exit 
an exit never return um <laughs> kyle is he's probably gonna come back the you most know that boring character from gotham academy i know i know but i just he's like he's literally he's the most boring character from gotham academy like of all the people that you could pair him up with although mind you the other i think the other boy who's most prominent colton's is gay so it's not really like there's an option there but i know i know clinton's like putting it putting him in the book and i know maps is going to be in the next issue i know clinton's like putting him in the book because she works on gotham academy and she still has a soft spot for these characters but i'm just saying like of all the people you could pair step with fucking kyle so boring all he does is play tennis and, and whine about how olive doesn't love him anymore but anyway well, I, maybe I hope he's moved he on from olive he's not romantically paired <laughs> like Hopefully I would rather, I would rather see yeah. Cass. I would rather see Cass and Steph date each other before I would see Kyle and Steph date each other. Like, just you, Kyle is such a milk toast, uninteresting character. They seem um, to have included. Sorry, uh, what were you uh, gonna say? They seem to have included a scene in here just to um, push away that thought that there is no hooking up between the Batgirls. Um, in, in, when they're getting ready yeah, for the well, shower, they, they they kind of dissuaded that that right. whole thing here, so that there wasn't any question. I believe as they introduced Mizuguchi, because I think that he's gonna end up being Steph's love interest. Um, but let's be honest. Let's right. be honest. So now, there's, now, there's well, it's, it's, three it's, Batgirls. It's Steph is right. undoubtedly the most boring of the Batgirls. So. <laughs> If they, if, you know, oh, I mean, it disgusting. kind of fits. What? Oracle and like, Cass are far better. Could you say that? Steph's the best. Steph uh, is not the That's best. That's a topic for another day. But anyway, um, Bab is maybe the not the Oracle. best physically, but she's definitely the most entertaining. Um, yeah, yeah, but she wasn't a great Batgirl either. Um, she's probably better, arguably better as Oracle. But again, topic for another day. My, my my final point was just that I, I think it is it is kind of sweet that both Tim and Steph, who were of course romantically linked for years, now both have incredibly boring and milk toast love interests. Maybe maybe if Tim and Steph ever get back together, they can have Kyle go off with what's his name Bernard, and they can go and be boring together in some book that I won't read. That I think would be the more ideal option, but I know it won't happen. Um, Gotham University. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess in a, in a beautiful way, they're in sync. Yeah, Gotham University, and you can watch Kyle at his boring ass tennis matches get cheered on by Bernard, who has no personality. Um, <laughs> but in any case, yeah, um, not a fan of that. Hope that doesn't happen. Otherwise, I will exit this book. Um, aside from that. Decent issue, nothing great. I, I think the mystery here is being a little generous, or, or it is a little generous to call it a, a mystery per se, because um, it, it feels like so, I don't know, it, it feels like so, I don't know if forced is the right word, but it's like, oh, cast, no, no, um, coincidental is the word I'm looking for. Because for mystery, they're really trying to, you know, hammer in on the detective work. And they do kind of do that, but it literally – they don't solve the mystery, you know, by coming up with some clever um, revelation or some clever device to solve it. It's literally just, oh, that book that Cass happened to be reading just helped out at the last minute. Like, oh my god, what a coincidence. Um, and and that, that felt a little, I don't know, too – 
cheap for my taste. They didn't feel like Whoa. they were actually solving the mystery. It was just like, Whoa. oh, we just stumbled onto it. Hold Whoa. on a second here, man. Weird. Are you saying that 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 you felt like that was cheap? The people who came up with psychic milk, you think that they don't they they Wow <laughs> man. Wow. Uh, that they're not wow. they're not clever. Wow, I know. Imagine my shock. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I guess I guess I was giving them a little too much credit. Um, yeah, I ref- yeah, I still no, that, refuse that, that to blame felt, Becky Coonan because when she was writing by herself, I loved her stuff. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, Becky Cloonan is a, is a great writer. Very underrated run on Punisher. Um, and, and Gotham Academy is one of my favorite yep. books, even if I just totally trashed one of its characters. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I just thought that felt a little like too coincidental. Like they didn't come up with a clever cipher or some kind of clever methodology, probably because it would have required the writers to be clever. They just stumble onto it because Cass happened to be reading that Edgar Allan Poe book, um, which... Anyway, um, so nothing too great there. I, I hear what you're saying about um, about the characters and how it felt like the series was getting a little bit more serious. And I feel like it still maintained that. I mean, the art may be cartoony, but I feel like the tone that we're at now is, is you know much different than when it was when the series first started. Um, so even if this issue seemed a little bit sillier, I still feel like we're in a, a much different place. Um, and then finally, the Montoya stuff. I, I know a lot of people are upset, and I'm right there with them. I, I do think it's it's definitely hypocritical for Montoya to talk about how much he's against masks operating in not just Gotham City, but major cities, and then runs off to be the question with Jace Fox. But I, I the way I interpreted it was she's talking about the public-facing side of being a commissioner, where she can't really be seen, and this was the flaw of Gordon, she can't really be seen as teaming up with the masks just because of the reputation that that has brought to people like Gordon in the past, where they were willing to work with vigilantes and everyone knew it, even if they tried to deny it. Um, but she realized kind of the pitfalls of doing that. So her administration is going to not work with them publicly, but she kind of acknowledges like, yeah, you could hack in if you want to. Is it ethical? No, but I know you're going to do it. And it's probably for the greater good. So, like, I'm not going to stop you. I'm just not going to work with you on the public-facing side. And I get that from a from a practical standpoint. Like, yeah, you probably yeah. don't want that bad PR, even if it is hypocritical to say that as you're running out uh, and being questioned. But all in all, despite some flaws, not a terrible issue, not a great issue, but not the worst. Certainly not the worst of this series. So I gave this one an 8 out of 10. Okay, so, Brandon, you're saying Steph is the best Batgirl? That's what he said. Um, I'm not saying she's the best Batgirl. I'm saying she's the second best Batgirl. Oh, okay. Who who are you saying? She's is my the best favorite Batgirl, Batgirl, but but well, the best is obviously Cass, just from a, a physical standpoint. Probably not the best detective, but I mean, if we're just talking about people who are worthy of the Batgirl title, then yeah, um, it's probably Cass. But second oh, is Steph. Oh. Just easily the most entertaining one. And, I mean, if you haven't read her run on Batgirl, which was brief, only 24 issues, but just probably probably one of one of my, my top picks for, like, top 10 underrated runs at DC. Um, she just had a great time in the Batgirl costume and, and would have loved to have seen her continue that 
in that era a little bit more. Um, but uh, alas, Flashpoint had to happen. I just talked Rob into reading Gail Simone's run on Batgirls. Yes. I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm so right, happy. So, such a so good on run. that note, Josh, you're saying the best Batgirl is Cass? Oh, God, yes. And, oh. and hold on. And to me, it's that's because, one, I feel like um, Babs has the Nightwing argument going on. She's just not really been that character for a long time. I don't care how many times she's suited back up. She's the Oracle now. Um, like Dick is in a Robin. Well, I agree with that. Nightwing. Uh, so yes. at the with the lack of very many options going on with Batgirl's cast, who has received, um, she she's a bad motherfucker. She was raised as an assassin, and um, she received detective training from Batman. So I think that puts her above. But she was never Stephanie. good at it. Is my point. Well, no, and that's the thing. Stephanie, no, however, Stephanie is good at yeah. Stephanie is good at stalking people, mostly Stephanie on social was, media. Stephanie's a, no, no. Stephanie was a better detective. If you if you read her run and her time is spoiler, Stephanie is a better detective, but she's not a better fighter, which has always been a problem because she's really clever at thinking. That's why I think um, she was such a great pair with Tim because she could always point out these different perspectives um, that Tim couldn't see. Which I think made her a great detective. She just wasn't a very good physical fighter. That's why well, they well, work so well as a team. When, when a, was the Steph. last time that Steph they is represented a that? Thinker. What do you mean? When oh, was uh, the last time uh, that we Steph really saw Steph doing that? Because for the most part, she's written as somebody yeah, who would no, binge watch uh, Desperate Housewives of New York or whatever. Um, well, that's and, just poor writing. Yeah, I mean, Steph has been the more personable one, but she's not an idiot. Um, I think that's that's just the, the wrong perception that people have. She's, she's always been very intelligent, even if, if people don't always see it. That was one of the things that uh, that Kate Kane, Batwoman, pointed out. It's like Steph is an incredible thinker. The problem is she just doesn't have the physical prowess to match, and it often makes her look more inadequate than she actually is. Um, but when we got to see her, that is actually one of my favorite issues of, of, of James Tynan's detective run. It's, I think it's like 957 where you basically see her, um, you know, infiltrating the, the GCPD and, and, um, some of these other places all on her own, figuring out all the technology, how to neutralize it, how to get into monster town without any assistance from Batman or anyone else. So much so that she impressed anarchy and anarchy was literally like, I like you, Steph. One, because I think you're super smart, and two, because I kind of want to bang you, but that's neither here nor there. I want to invite you to be a part of our hidden utopia, and then it goes off into a whole other arc. But no, Steph, I think, smarter Batgirl, probably the closest one to being on par with Babs, just does not have the physical prowess to match. Um, but that's a recent example. That's like as recent as, you know, 2017, 18, I think. Okay, I guess that's recent enough considering we change banners every three two to three years now so i mean okay <laughs> anyway um yeah well my point was you're both wrong it's babs ah, so it is, babs isn't back uh, no we're all <laughs> wrong it's huntress <laughs> she was batgirl for a very brief time during no man's yeah. land no, wait, I got it. 
It's um, it's what's Ka- her name? It's, it's Charlotte Gray, Charlotte Gage, whatever. Whoa. Yeah, no, it's Bet Kane. Betty Kane, yeah. Yeah. You guys are kind of hurting my feelings here. <laughs> but I, I'm serious. Charlotte, like that, Charlotte Gage Radcliffe, that's her name. Except I love Huntress. So uh... the, the not she she doesn't have all the the best features of like like the best uh, abilities of cast and stuff, but she does take combinations of both of them plus bring something extra to the table. So Babs will forever be the best Batgirl, and I will I will die on that hill. Yeah, but you're you're gonna say Dick is the best Robin too. Oh no. Well, he was the best Robin when he was Robin, but um, I don't even. I, no I, I wouldn't Robin. even say that. <laughs> Tim's the best Robin. Oh, I would say that for Tim sure. Tim's the best Robin for sure. Oh no, yeah, t- Tim is the best Robin. Tim, uh, Dick Tim is definitely the best Robin. Robin himself into becoming Dick a Robin. Dick in his time as Robin. Dick in his time as Robin founded the Teen Titans. Founded the new Teen Titans. Served the longest for Batman without having to quit. And and was the first person, the first one. Most people don't even know this. The first sidekick to ever, ever carry his own solo feature. And I, I want to say it was um, All-American Comics or something like that in like 1949. And everyone's like, no, Tim was the first one who had his own solo feature. You're wrong. No, not so thank you, Batman Encyclopedia, that I got in like fourth grade. Um, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, um, but no, yeah, Dick. Dick, in my opinion, I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's bias there, no doubt. But was the best when he was Robin, and is well. I mean, I don't think there's any competition for best Nightwing. But um, who uh, knows with what DC's coming up? Next thing you know, uh, in the DCU, Nightwing could be you. Nightwing will be Brandon <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, sure, I'd love to see that. Oh God! I would love to see that. I don't think the world would love to see that. <laughs> Terrible. I I don't have the ass for it. I'm afraid. That is a a necessary quality, unfortunately. <gasps> Sexist. Yeah. All right. I think I've interrupted you enough, Rob. I'm sorry. I'm going to let you actually talk about Batgirls. How's that feel? I might. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going <laughs> to talk about let's the book. Do that. Then, so. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's do that. So. The the whole uh, like purple text boxes thing. I've been trying to figure that out since the first friggin' issue. Who that is, and it just dawned on me in this issue. It's it, it's really just one of the like a campy narration. I think is all it is. It's it's like the old Marvel books. I, I yeah, that's how I'm interpreting it. It's, it's like uh, hello yeah, true believers we... kind of deal. It's it's like you're watching exactly. Batman sixty six, yeah. and it's that guy saying. Stay tuned for next week and same bad time, same bad channel kind of deal. It's exactly it's one of those like that. people. It's exactly right. Like yeah. That. That's how it's I saw exactly it. And I like saw that. it in such a better light. Yeah. It's not exactly like that because that kind of shit happened at the very beginning of the story or at the very beginning of a commercial and in No, this no, no, shit, no. I think like, at least oh, with the Marvel stuff, time. it would it would continue. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's exactly like that in sixty six, but like would, that example. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm saying it's 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 definitely like the old Marvel captions where they would literally they would be like, so that was fun. All right, let's go over here now, like halfway through the issue. What the fuck? Like, let me just yeah. keep reading about Thor and Captain America. Why are we why are we at this random scene in New York City with these characters I don't care about? 
and, yeah. and you know, Stan and his scripts would very cleverly be like, well, that was quite a scene, but now we have to leave and go over here now. And it's like, come yeah. on, man, don't do that to me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. it is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just a Grant kind of talks about that in Super Gods, where it's like, yeah, it's, it's this weird sort of meta connection that you have between the writer and the reader, where even though they're not in the same room, they are having a conversation in a sense, which is a, a lovely idea, I think, though the conversation is definitely one-sided uh, if we're thinking of it in that way. But uh, yes, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I do kind of have a soft spot for those, uh, those weird old captions. Yeah, as, as weird as they were, they were kind of comforting in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure I could pull yeah, it up right now. So, I, I did find. <laughs> I don't want to waste time though. Yeah. Uh, this story is way more fun than we've had so far, and I think they've definitely found their footing for where they want to go with it and just the feel of the book. While there may still be issues, it, at least for me, is definitely a lot better than what we've had. And and since the first story arc, it's been ramping up and up and up for me. And they've they found that that fun center where they they found a, a spot for the characters that they they are comfortable with and and is enjoyable. And yes, it is slightly different from the way we've had them in the past. But in terms of the character development we've had more recently, I think is not far off the mark from where they could be if they were real people, for example. Um, plus the run CMD mug was just fucking brilliant. I love that. Uh, oh God. Yeah, I had a good chuckle about that joke. So I, I gave this an 8.7 to 5. I'm going to be honest with you, just because the, the story really resonated with me a lot better than, than anything else we've had so far. Uh, I I'll still am nice. with you, Josh. I do not love Cast Escape. It's very distracting. So So distracting that I completely ignored the fact that it existed this issue until you brought it up today. And now I can't stop looking at it. Yeah. So that's great. It's it's good, it's I don't like that. Yeah. Um Yeah. I liked it. I think that's the longest we've talked about Batgirls. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. And Killer Moth. All right, well then I guess we should Oh yeah. Such, such a C list villain. <laughs> Yeah, always good to see the moth. Uh, and actually, I, I guess it's fitting, considering he was one of, yeah, considering he was one of Batgirl's first villains. Or I think that was a Batgirl Year One retcon. I don't remember, but so there's something there, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, do we want to take a, a brief break, or do we want to just uh, plug on ahead? Well, I think uh, I think our sponsors are going to want that brief break real quick. So why don't we? Hop off for we have just sponsors? about a minute. Are we making money? Uh, no, <laughs> no, but we still run a commercial. <laughs> uh, All right, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. And we're back. Thank you for sticking with Not a Robot. We're going to shift our attention over to our main reviews because we haven't been talking about our spotlights enough. Now we're going to take even more time to talk about our main reviews, starting with a fun little trip back to another corner of Gotham City. Except, wait, no, that's the wrong Batman. 
Nah, we gotta go all the way upstate, I think, to New York City, near me, uh, with I Am Batman number 13, which I'm going to pass over to Josh. Well, that sounds fair enough, and as as if we didn't get enough of Renee Montoya before, here we are in yet another Batman-adjacent book. Written by John Ridley, who I am um, I'm picking up more of his stuff. God, I love it. Art, is, art by Christian Deuce, Edouard Prancica, and Julio Fiera, with coloring from Rex Locus and Troy Pateri on letters, with Deuce and Locus on that cover. I... First, before I start this, I cannot tell. There's there's a character in here who, throughout the whole book, is it's spelled K A Y L N. Now I'm gonna pronounce it Kaln. Uh, I can't tell if that's Kaln? a real name or not. I thought it was Kaln too. Um, I'm, I'm I I can't I tell know. if it's a real name or not. <laughs> I googled the hell out of it. All kind of different nationalities. Uh, I looked up how to pronounce it. I only found the generic Sam voice phonetically saying it like Alexa. So if anybody knows, let me know. I am very curious. But anyway, on to the book. Wait, go ahead. Um, All I, I know is I had an it. incredibly hard... Oh. Sorry. Uh, oh, I, I was just going to say, all I know is I had an incredibly hard time reading it because I thought it was Kalen. And then I realized there's no I and it's just Kalen. That that's what I was gonna say. It it I've been reading it as one of the the new age way, uh, new age ways to uh, spell names. You know, there's there's so many weird names with way too many Y's, like Madison with two N's and an and a Y, but not where you'd but expect. Not, but not where you um, be. <laughs> uh, yeah, so something like that. And I've been reading it as Kalen. There's Kalen, um, but they're trying to be. Yeah fresh and new and hip and different so they just delete a letter um i just want to point out here that i don't give a shit how old you are or how stylish you think you can be being new and fresh does not equate to spelling shit wrong yeah. uh anyway onto the book that's why you <laughs> name your kid maximian you can't spell that wrong or god i hope you don't no no I have Austin and Mason and uh, uh, and Tanner and Liam and Dash. <laughs> and I didn't I, spell I any of those. I very around. much plan to name my kid. <laughs> I very much plan to name my kid something Roman, just just because they had such wonderful names. So it was going to be something incredibly long and incredibly impressive, like Maximian Augustus. Zan, I don't know, something like that, Xanatos or whatever. Um, my my, and, uh, my and, wife's and nephew, her older brother, was so in love with the movie Gladiator, he named his only son Crixus. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, no, it's not oh, the worst thing I've ever heard. My heart. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess we should talk about Batman now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm normally not a fan of flipping back and forth between scenes. If you've listened to here at all, you know that. But that's not really what happens in this book, although it kind of looks like it. But there's there's something different every time, so it didn't bother me. It worked here. That said, of course, the shortens the story from both angles. This issue angles being both Jace and Tiff. With Jace, the question is teaming up while feeling him out, but she's there to... 
I guess kind of kind of like lead him in the right direction while keeping an eye on him. Renee is giving him advice and warnings about what will happen to his mission if he's not careful. Sitting at the top of the food chain that they can see right now is Detective Keenan because they're not aware of the aforementioned Mr. Giggles. Surprise, surprise. After a brief meeting with him, the question has determined that he is too Narsars. Narsars. He is too. <laughs> oh, God. He is too narcissistic to think that spilling the beans would affect him in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so a meeting is set up between him and Batman, and the and uh, it is set up and, or well, it was supposed to be. He calls for Batman to be taken down, but Renee has uh, had already taken out his cronies, and we don't get to see him admit to anything yet, as far as what he's been in charge of him what he's done just basically hearing that air about him that says fuck you pay me um the uh the other side of this coin in this book is tiff she's still feeling uh she's still feeling messed up about her not being there for her sister and of course that's gonna bleed over into everything she's got a friend um the Kaln that I had mentioned previously that she is really worried about because she's hanging out with gang members. Uh, she's fresh out of jail, though the book says prison, and uh, she's a teenager. That's not going to happen. So uh, I'm going to assume juvenile or uh, weekend jail. In any case, uh, she doesn't want to see her go back to joining the uh, the gang because even though... Kaln says that the gang is all that she has. Um, going around for advice while simultaneously kind of asking for others to step in. Tiff doesn't hear anything remotely close to what she wants to hear. It's it's all you can't prove anything and there's nothing you can do. That's what she keeps hearing. Well, that could only lead to one possible result. The debut of Tiff as a crime fighter. Or at least seeing her perched on a rooftop in what I think is a pretty cool costume. Red and green, like traditional Robin colors. And I really dig the mask with the oversized eyes. That is cool. Um, pulling off a continuing story without missing up, messing up the pace or the interest while simultaneously having a separate side story for the creation of another hero is... it's. It's difficult to balance and still present a good book. Um, but I think, I definitely think Ridley has done that here. As always, the art in this book looks clean. It's colored well. The shading, I like it. It's it's done really well uh, without too many lines. Let me throw that in there. It's a solid title that I continue to love. Each month, each month has me waiting for the next one. Next up unwanted allies so i'm assuming batman and tiff girl are going to finally meet and will jace know that it's his sister when they do i uh i gave this one an 8.5 out of 10 and that's an open question to you guys do you think jace will know that that's tiff I could definitely see that I, kind uh, of thing happening, yeah. Yeah. And he'll be like, Tiff, what are you doing? Maybe, like, yeah. Chase? And yeah. we'll have a moment. Oh, it's you? Whoa. Yeah. Um, Whoa. 
Dude, yeah, where's I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I like what's my tattoo? Issue. You say? Yeah, I oh, know. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, um, no, I, I, I like this issue um, more than the last one. I, I will admit that um, the series had been just kind of slow for me, and I thought this one was better. I was definitely more interested in the tip stuff um, than I was with some of the J stuff. I just, I don't know. It's, it's been hard for me to latch onto. I like seeing Renee Montoya in this context, but um, I just wish it was a story that I, I cared more about. Um, so it, it was better, but it's, I don't know, it's still not there for me. Um, the art is, is great, no question about that, but I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just not really, I'm still not really into it. Um, so this one I gave a 7.5 out of 10. What about you, Rob? Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Empire State of Robin. Uh, I think that's really cool that we're finally getting to that point. I'm currently taking bets to see if uh, this Robin will last longer than Matt McInnes, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it got better. That would be nice. Yeah. 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 Matt um, McInnes got like 10 issues at best. I, th- I don't even think he reached a couple. Oh, I think he maybe had like two <laughs> or something. Like, it was, was it really? Oh, small. man. Maybe I'm, yeah. It's like half a story or over exaggerating the past. Uh. <laughs> I think he started out as Robin, was told not to be Robin, and the next time he went out of the field, he was just Matt. That's how short his Robin run was. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Anyway, that's that's a long lost book that'll never come back. So, uh, for I am Batman, uh, still really digging it. I'm enjoying it. I'm liking it. Uh, I wish they could keep Renee Montoya, but it does look like she will be going back to Gotham. Which is unfortunate, because I thought having uh, a question, let alone the question, around was a very nice touch, and brought a little bit of familiarity to the world of Jace as Batman. Um, Yeah, besides that, I don't think there's much else to say. The art's still very nice, the story's interesting. Uh, It's an 8.5, I think it's a solid round score. All right, so let me ask you guys this before we move Very on. Cool. Let me ask you guys this before we move on. Yeah. Do you think? I, it sounds like you think, Rob, that 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 Montoya will definitely be heading back to Gotham. But like, uh, what what is what's pulling you in that way? And Brandon, do you feel the same way? Uh, what's pulling me is the book that they announced called GCPD Blue Wall, which is Renee Montoya as the commissioner of the GCPD in Gotham. So oh, that's okay. sort of my uh, I conviction didn't, that she'll be staying. Uh, I didn't realize Gotham. that was like an incontinuity. I figured that was just yeah. a side story. Oh, okay. Well, that changes everything then. Boo. That sucks. I did want a. I did want a, a question. I mean, hell, there's two questions. There's two Batman. It only makes sense. All right. We are definitely overdue yeah. for a question title, but uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can get a good creative team behind that. That would be cool. I feel like it would be cool if she came over, been the been the commissioner, and only occasionally was the question. I'd be fine with that too. Because then yeah. I'd be able to find out what the hell happened to Vic Sage, maybe. Anyway, yeah, all right, I was just curious. 
I'm assuming you you're you're that that's how you knew to rob. Ah, <laughs> uh, there was by, that, by and uh, just the the most recent appearance in Batgirls really feels like it's it's after this. So, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, look at me, Mister Oblivious. I fit in with the bad guys. <laughs> okay, I'm all exactly. done with Batman. All right. Well, all right, Rob, take it away. Yeah, I was gonna come up with something witty, but let's face it, I'm just gonna give up. I can't do it. Gonna say something. We're gonna go yeah, overseas from I New York all I'm, the way I'm, to. I'm starting to get hungry. So I'm, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm running out of clever, clever transitions as my yeah. uh, as my stomach is controlling my mind. Right. I'm gonna have to just pick them over then. I got it. I'm gonna go from Give one GC with Gotham City all the way to another GC with the Gamora Core. Or something. There we go. Uh, there you go. There yeah. you go. Okay, close up. It's Superman, Son of Kal-El, number fifteen. Is the point I'm trying to make, and it is written by Mr. Tom Taylor with pencils from Kian Tormi, inks from Kian Tormi and Scott Hanna, colors from Federico Blee and Matt Herms, and letters from Dave Sharp. So our story picks up where we left off. Uh, Superman and uh, don't remember superhero name uh, have made their way successfully into the uh, base, and they're uh, with some uh, doctors, doctor scientists, whatever you want to call them. And we find uh, Jay's mom is now mutated into a member of the Gamora Corps. Really uh, bad. John, too. yeah. Very reminiscent of Lady Deathstrike. Right. Not in a good way. No. Nope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So John is ready to get on the offensive, but Jay is like, no, it's my job. Uh, and if Bendix is in there with my mom, he's not anywhere else. So let me keep him busy and you go save the day. So Jay realizes, or John realizes that Jay is right, uh, goes to save the scientists and goes off to save everyone else. And then Jay. Uh, plays his hand and says, look, with my ability, you can't touch me. But then he says, uh, look, you have to let me touch you or I will blow your mother's head off. So uh, Jay uh, stops his power and then proceeds to let his mother beat the shit out of him at the at the control of Mr. Bendix. Uh, meanwhile, John is off saving people. Um... Uh, and then they they find uh, there is a base, uh, or sorry, a bunker underneath the base uh, where all the other superpowered people are being kept. Uh, but John cannot get into it without destroying it because of the way it is designed. So he flies off to uh, the closest teleport he knows of with Wink, and Wink teleports him inside the base where he quickly stops soldiers. Uh, breaks the controller's uh, links to the uh, powered people, which breaks their connection, uh, and all the powered people in the Gamora core uh, snap out of it and just want the fighting to stop, so the battle is done. Uh, meanwhile, Lex has gotten a hold of Bendix, saying, mate, you're done, uh, game over. Uh, Bendix is trying to shoo him off, but Lex is having none of it and explaining all the shit that's going on. Your base is falling apart. Uh, the people buying your Gamora core have no faith in your ability now. Uh, your mission is done. So Bendix goes a little crazy, but then uh, 
lets go of uh, Miss Nakamura. So Jay and his mom have a little, uh, what's the word, together moment, if you will. Um, but that is all done because Robin arrived just in time uh, to Bendix's control room, severs the connection, and has a fun little meme moment where he slaps Bendix right across the face, much like Batman did to the first Robin, Dick Grayson. I literally have that 50s. marked down as a bat slap. Yeah, that that is that is just the best moment. Yeah. Um so after the slap he looks seriously shook and then runs off like a little bitch. Uh telling everyone around him to kill him as Robin says, "Yeah, no, they, you, you don't have to listen to him anymore." So they instead choose to cheer Robin on, but Bendix teleports off to Skywatch, his in-space base orbiting the planet. Uh so now uh, Dreamer is calling for John and Wink teleports him outside where Dreamer uh, says that she has a vision of burning death right there. Uh, Bendix is about to fire a laser straight onto Gamora and Jay f- or, uh, John wow, uh, key, uh, flies right up into space and takes a laser straight to the chest uh, which honestly to me reminded me a lot of the old Max Fleischer Superman cartoons. Maybe just because that one I had on VHS had a moment <laughs> just like that. Oh yeah. Um, oh my god, you had that on VHS. That that makes yeah. me feel so young. I was watching that on like YouTube. <laughs> 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 I don't even know why I had it on VHS, but I did. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So Lex appears on the Skywatch moon base. Uh, to the surprise of Bendix, uh, but Lex says, like, it's my teleporter, I can be wherever I want, and uh, seemingly just takes over the base. Uh, Bendix has no control whatsoever, so Lex, excuse me, uh, sends Bendix straight out of an airlock into space, seemingly killing him. Uh, Meanwhile, John is dealing with that uh, death ray to the chest, but some new ability seems to appear, uh, but does not get explained at this time because Lex chooses to blow up the Skywatch base as he teleports back to Earth safely, leaving no trace of his involvement. Uh, John smolders his way back down to the planet, meets up with Damien, uh, and they fly back down to the ground. And realizing the day is saved, uh, the team regroup and give thanks to each other uh, for a job well done with no lives lost. Uh, but as they uh, come together to uh, take their bow from Gamora, every citizen comes to the site uh, with cameras ablaze, and uh, Jay does not have his mask. John says, uh, your, um, your identity is going to be seen, but he says, I don't care. You're not hiding. I'm not going to hide either. And they share a kiss for the view of the world coming out together. For all to see and that ends the siege of gamora the day is saved and next we have the return of kal-el i think it was a good way to end the story uh honestly finally a way to end the story but it was a an, in, an interesting story to say the least uh leaves some stuff open with lex giving uh, a threat for him a threat in him for the future and settling the score with bendix Though I wish we could have got to see more of Bendix's motivations. Why was he doing this, apart from just being a dick? 
Uh, how did he become World president apart dominated. from being a dick? Yeah, what what happened between anything he did before? What got him there? I, I want to see more, but he may he or may not be dead now. a bunch of Transformers cartoons and decided he wanted to be Megatron. I thought you were going to say you watched a bunch of Transformers movies and said, yeah, fuck this world. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> yeah. That, that's my only gripe is uh, Bendix seemed to just be rushed out of the picture very quickly uh, with no overall reason stated for anything apart from he's a dick. He's doing dick things. So, apart from that, I enjoyed it. 8.5 out of 10 for me. How about you, Brandon? Um, I gave this a, I didn't have time to read it, out of 10, which I've been mm. using a lot lately. I'm sorry. It's It was a really busy week. On some um, of Cal and I thought I was going to have time to finish it. I am surprised. I know, I know. I know it's the ending and everything, but I just, I didn't have the time to squeeze it in because I was trying to get the, um... I was trying to get Wonder Woman and I Am Batman in before um, before Thursday, uh, but I just didn't have the time. Uh, and I had a, in my defense, I had a midterm on Wednesday, and I was trying to fit it all in this morning, and I just didn't have the time. So I'm sorry. Um, midterm didn't. But I will, I will finish it and start? give you guys my updated. What? Didn't didn't the school year? Yeah. Just oh. start. You're yeah. getting a midterm. Yeah, you would think you would. I know you would think. Given that it just started three weeks ago, we wouldn't have that fucking serious of an assignment. But apparently, um, it's a whole other story because, like, the cl one of the classes I'm taking, all of our TAs quit, so they had to accelerate the schedule. And... Holy shit. Anyway, point point is, long story short, I did not have as much time as I thought I would, and I did not get to complete Son of Kal-El. So I know I'll be voted out of the Big Brother house now um, and be forced to, to leave the show. But I, I just want to say in my defense, there were some circumstances that were out of my control. Could I have planned things better? Perhaps, but that's in the past now. Um, but I'll, I'll give you my, my updated thoughts, um, hopefully, by, uh, by the weekend. All right. Uh, as far as me, um, that cover looks off. Uh, something about it I'm just not a fan of. Uh, the art in general looks a little too soft i guess i'm not sure for a huge action comic or um for a huge action filled comic wrong superman title um it just i don't i'm not sure i i, I don't feel like it was action drawn if that makes any sense also i feel like jay nakamura in his new costume looks like a modernized captain cold knockoff uh, but this is it, man. It is the end of the Gamora problems, the end of the Gamora war, fucking up the Gamora core. Uh, it has been a hell of a buildup. A lot of people thought it was too slow. I thought the pacing was just right, and I'm glad to see that it is, uh, it's, uh, it's wrapped up the way that it did. As far as I'm concerned, the motivations from Bendix are no more than the motivations we've seen a million times from Lex Luthor, and that is he wants to be in charge of everything because he thinks he's the best for that job. And uh, that's pretty much it. I'm glad the guy's gone, as in gone, gone, dead. Uh, basically, uh, Lex decided... <laughs> 
that he was going to look at him and uh, flush him out. And so he opened him up, sucked him out into space, and that was it. And then Lex sat there and said, And that 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 was <laughs> that was pretty much the the end of it, man. Um, I liked the way that all the pieces kind of fell where they did, and for a final issue, I think they did a great job. And employing the wrong art style aside, though, that does factor into my score. Uh, I would have given this probably an eight point seven five had they chosen to go with a. Uh, um, I'm not even sure uh, a, a a a harder or a a more um I guess just more traditionally action drawn comic book. In any case, uh, I give this an eight out of ten. Man, I I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like I I have nearly every issue. What do we got next? Uh, well, we're on the subject of action, or, or maybe lack thereof, and uh, the artistic rendering of it. And I hope that maybe this next title will satisfy uh, your action tastes a little bit more, because it's Batman versus Robin, and with a title like that, it's surely going to supply the action in full. This is brought to us by the dynamite Mr. Mark Wade, with art from Mahmoud Azra, who is equally dynamite. Colors from Jordi Belair, who is also Dynamite, and Steve Wands, who I may not know as well, but I assume he is also Dynamite, or at the very least, TNT. Um, <laughs> Damian Wayne, torn between two worlds, those of the Al Ghouls and those of the Bats. That sounds weird. Uh, after the death of his mentor, Alfred Pennyworth, Damian has been adrift. Whoa. What the? Who is that? Sorry. Um, Damian has been adrift, wishing for some kind of direction for his life. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, knocked something in it. Anyway. Um, Damien has been adrift, wishing for some kind of direction in his life or for his life. Uh, but as the captions say, you got to be very careful what you wish for. We cut to Wayne Manor, where a mysterious figure is hanging out in the background. We don't know who's there. Inside the manor, Bruce Wayne is uh, going through some old stuff. Reflecting rather nostalgically on the place that he once called home and the sort of weird feeling that uh, called him here today. Something almost mystical in nature, you could say. Some wispy feeling that brought him back to the manor. And just when he's thinking about that, he hears right at the door. You like that. Um, and who should be at the door knocking at this strange hour? But Alfred Pennyworth? My goodness. Could it be? And then we cut to the title page, which I thought was very clever. Um, Bruce is naturally doubtful that this strange man who's appeared before his door is the real Alfred Pennyworth and puts him through a litany of questions, ones that he knows only Alfred would be able to answer. And Alfred, miraculously, this Alfred at least, is able to answer every single one. Alfred suggests heading to the cave to run a series of biological scans, something that Bruce knows Alfred would say. And he also knows that the grandfather clock that is in the study is set to 1047 to open into the Batcave, the time of Bruce's parents' murder. But as they open the grandfather clock passageway and make their way to the cave, who's waiting for them perched atop the famous large penny, but a very sinister-looking Damian Wayne? What? Why are you here? Why are you not with Lazarus Island or on Lazarus Island with your strange friends? 
Well, it seems that Damien is uh, in a bit of a mood, uh, to say the least, I'm acting very mood, strangely, and yes, and 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 saying some things that are rather odd. Not the kind of thing that you would expect Damien to say, especially after randomly turning up in the cave. Uh, he's brought some friends along. One, Timothy Hunter, the boy who could be the greatest magician or the greatest scientist, but his future is still undetermined. And I guess it has remained undetermined since 1992 because, oh my god, Books of Magic came out before I was born and Tim Hunter is still a kid. So I guess it's true what they say about these comic characters never growing up. Uh, as well as Jakeem Thunder, who has inherited the Thunderbolt uh, of Yiz, uh, who is now, I guess, possessed by the spirit of Johnny Thunder, um, whatever the retcon was in JSA. Um Long story yeah, short, that's it. Damien with his new magical like, friends. What? Uh, oh, as, yeah, far as, so, yeah. as far as as far as Jakeem Thunder, and... yeah, and and put, had the spirit put into a fucking pen, and then Jay Garrick, without realizing that that was the magic pen, gave it to Jakeem. Yeah, something like that. Um, anyway, uh, Damien and his new friends make war on the Batman, using their magical powers and essentially getting the upper hand for the most part. Um, Damien puts him through a gauntlet of things, accusing him of all the things that you've heard from Damien before, but far more sinister, things that you had assumed he had moved on from, but is dragging up. So you know that something is not quite right. And as Batman puts it, Damien clearly, while he is puppeting these other boys, is being puppeted himself. Though it's not clear who is the puppet master behind the scenes. After Damien leads yet another attack on Batman and Alfred as they're making their way out of the cave, he pulls out a gun and basically gives Batman his final ultimatum, saying that it is time for him to fully embrace his legacy of the Bat. Sorry, Dad. You're just too old. Fires off his gun leaves Batman careening down into the sewers, but thankfully Batman had installed one of those handy, nandy, whatever, um, elevator shafts in the cave that he was able to grab onto at the last second, saving his life by mere inches. Alfred and Batman decide that there's only one way to... <coughs> excuse me. Decide that there's only one way to get to the bottom of this, and that is to find out what the hell is going on with Damien. There's clearly something mystical in nature about this, something magical. And they need to find the person who knows magic better than anyone else, and that is Zatanna Zatara. And as they make their way to Zatara's place using a special key that uh, Zatanna had given to Batman to use in case of emergencies, they discover that Zatanna is, uh, well, in, in a bit of a strange scenario as they see her hanging by a levitating hangman's rope with her neck snapped schrodinger's noose that the magic users have all under <laughs> yeah schrodinger's noose as she refers to it she is neither alive nor dead somewhere in between um and she reveals that damien has made war on all the magic users and has corrupted them in such a way that they're all feeling the mode uh to steal a phrase from young justice uh, and we cut back to damien who Seriously, as far well. as we know, is still experiencing such yes, definitely whelmed, uh, definitely feeling the aster, if you will. Uh, we cut to Damien, who uh, again still is experiencing some kind of possession, 
And that is when we reveal that Damien is working with none other than Mother Soul. But leading the charge is, of course, the Devil Neza. So uh, I guess we still have to wait and see just what the hell is going on here and how exactly the Devil Neza came to rise once again. But I'm sure we'll be getting those answers in the next issue. Maybe um, it's magic. Maybe it's nasaline. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's nasaline. Maybe <laughs> something like that. Maybe it's just an incredibly spoiled child. Um, okay, where to start? Um, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what I said on Monday. I think I called it the most conflicting book, or I said it was an yeah. incredibly conflicting book. Um, and what I meant by that was it is a book that reads incredibly well. It has all the trappings of a great action thriller, right? It's it's got a premise that is super solid. It's like, oh my god, all the magic, you know, users in the DC universe are corrupted. What's going on? And at the center of it all is Damien. How could this be? Like it's it's got a killer hook. It's written incredibly tightly. Um and you know the Alfred stuff, well I'm not a huge fan of it. It, it, it is at least a solid mystery, um, and, and I, I, my hope is that Alfred does not stay um, after this miniseries is wrapped, but for a hook for the first issue, it at least achieves that of getting your attention. That being said, the other comment that I had was, this book feels like something that should have come out like four, five years ago. Whenever Damien was doing the whole, I'm keeping prisoners in an underground bunker, while I'm leading the Teen Titans or whatever, and then eventually I just give up being Robin. This should have been that book. Because wh what this reminded me of, for good and for ill, mostly ill, uh, was Shadowland, where you had Daredevil, who's you know possessed by the Beast, leading this war against all the street-level heroes of the Marvel Universe. And it's kind of similar here, where a possessed Damien is waging war on the magic users of the DCU. Um, and... I feel like what what could work about this or what might have worked about this is having this set after a period where Damien had gone through just his worst moments. Because that's when Shadowland took place. It was when Daredevil was at his absolute lowest. And this should have been after Damien had done everything that he had done with the prisoners and with the Titans and had quit being Robin and was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to go full-time evil. And then you can have you know, everything that we had with the Lazarus tournament that kind of redeemed it. But this just feels so weird to have, like, after the Robin book, which just spent so much time trying to redeem Damien's character and have him be less of a prickly brat and, you know, more of a caring character that we know him to be and we've seen him to be in the past. And I just, I'm, I'm sort of questioning, like, for as tightly written as it is, I'm, I'm kind of like, what's the point? Like, why... Why does this book exist when we just had a whole series that was trying to fix the problem of Damien, and now you're essentially just going back and saying, oh, whatever, let's just have him go wild. And I know he's possessed, but it, it just seems like such a weird, I don't know, just such a weird time to have. Like, the timing of this book, I think, is just the worst thing about it, because it feels like the worst possible place, especially given that everything Damien's been through, it feels like the worst possible place for him to be in right now. Um, and, and I know they're probably trying to clear the board with him and have him officially renounce his title as Robin because they want Tim to be Robin again because the people at DC can't move past 1994 and they want Tim to be Robin. And 
I don't know. That's a whole other topic of discussion, which I'm vehemently against. I don't because Tim had his time as Robin and he's moved on and he deserves that. And I, I don't understand what they move on into? why they're stuck on that. Into Red Robin, into a, a role of maturity where he's and not Red attached Robin. to the sidekick role anymore. Now he's, yeah. a, now he's a just Red Robin. I I I'd, I I would I would venture to yeah, say now, that that now is he's just not Robin very again. much of a deviation from from just Robin. Okay, but he doesn't have to be Batman's sidekick again, or or Batman's partner or anything. I mean, he'll always work with Batman. But my point is, Tim had graduated from that role. The transition may have been a little rough, but moving him back into the role of Robin is just regression. Because at that point, what have you learned? You've learned how to be on your own. And then ultimately realized, well, you know what? I guess I just work better with with Daddy by my side. I think it's more along the terrible arc for him. Yeah, and I that's feel like big ass discussion. But I personally, yeah, it's, I, I it's think terrible. that the creative decision to move him back there is because they are writing Batman as older. Tim has always been the only one that has always never given up on Bruce, no matter what. So I feel like that's but the natural thing. But if that was the thing, case, then why aren't... did we spend all this time on Damien being Robin? That makes no sense. And we've already Look who seen was writing Damien it. mature into the role of Robin via via. No, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like the 40 or whatever issues that we had from Peter Tomasi and Pat Gleason of Batman and Robin, which was literally addressing that question. Uh, I think he he graduated into the role of Robin. And then matured the fuck out of it. He's it, Robin just doesn't fit Damian uh, Wayne, not to me. Can you guys hear me? Uh, yeah. Just yeah, I can hear you. There's Hello? something going on, but. Hello. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? I can Hello. hear you. Sorry, my my headphones just cut out. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Add the. No, no. the role of Robin and yeah now we can I was like I'm asking myself what was the fucking point then if you were just going to slot Tim back in the role like a child but that's neither here nor there even though I just talked about it um, so it, it's, a, it's a deeply conflicting one because I ask myself what's the point of this series but I, I will admit it was a solid read a tight read um, so I, I gave this one a very confused 7.75 out of 10 I almost gave it a question mark out of 10 um, but I, I already did that with Iron Man so many times that I feel like it's played out at this point. Alright, so I, I am right there with you. It feels a little outdated, but I might... What was your reasoning for it's outdated? It just... Yeah, it, yeah, it, was, it was a different time. Oh, it just, it just feels weird to have after... Yeah, after, after everything yeah. Damien's been through. Um, for me, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a good story... Uh, but how many times are we going to see Bruce and Damien fight? Like, this has been done. Exactly. I'm, I'm very conflicted, just like you, but I think in, in different uh, different ways. And I'm finding it a little off the mark that Damien fought so hard in his own run to make sure Neza would not be freed, and then he just when? goes and does it by being curious. Which I, I get if you're looking around and you're scoping out the island, but wouldn't you try to be a little more cautious about that? Especially if you know there's a demon somewhere underneath the island. 
But he didn't necessarily know that. And when was it so, that? Right. When when was it that he was specifically trying to hold Naza back? Because I don't remember that at all. I remember seeing him when Mother different... Soul literally told him the end of the tournament. When Mother Soul literally told him that the yeah that the that the demon runs in your blood and you have to be cautious of that. And Damien was like, "Yeah, okay, I guess I do because I can see how batshit crazy it turned the rest of my family." But we didn't. Okay, so with I mean, one I guess he, I guess I guess I guess dialogue? between the issues of I guess the between. Yeah, but I guess between the issues of, or the, the between issue seventeen and the start of Batman and Robin, Damien also had a sip of Ambrosia, decided to forget <laughs> that, and now is completely oblivious to the fact that he had many warnings from both Talia, from Mother Soul, and I mean, I guess from his own personal investigations. I think is in the last couple issues of Robin. That hey, there's a demon that has not only impacted your family, but is also incredibly dangerous. That is on this island that you should steer clear of. But uh, but Damien had too much fun at that party, had a sip of that uh, that good old ambrosia, and forgot all about it. Got a little too curious, and now he's infected. Saw a big ass door open. At least I assume that's what happened. Um, uh, yeah, I, I uh, suppose so. Um, but. I don't know. The, despite the the plot flaws for me, it's still a good tale and it's got great art. Um, and I'm I'm still a little conflicted now about Alfred. Where I I don't think he should be left alive. I don't think he is alive. I I think he's still dead. And this is this is just some imagination thing. But if they do somehow bring Alfred back to life, I, I don't know how I'm going to feel. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would not be yeah. great. Yeah. Not that I don't love the character, but it's because I love the character that he should just stay dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. It's it's a very conflicting book, but I still loved it. You know, it's it's very interesting mm. to read. So I'm still, I think I think I'm going to enjoy the run. We'll see how it goes. I'm just counting down the pages till Damien and Bruce stop fighting because we've seen it a dozen yes. times already. Uh, but I gave this an 8.75 out of 10. I'm like, for the love of God, please don't quit. Like, just, just be Robin. Just stay. You're good in that role, and most people have accepted you in that way. You don't, you don't have to quit. Just be that man. He has been Dark Robin in forever. In he clearly didn't quit. We just read like how many issues of him being Robin. Where and and that brief period when he was Robin was only like a year. He had been Robin since two thousand nine. Like <laughs> I, I mean, just I don't recently I don't understand he's just this mentality been Damien. Like, people call him Robin, but he's. He's not been like in the Robin role. Yeah, like the book was called Robin, and he had the R in his chest. But that whole time, he was like, "I, I'm trying to find who I, who I am, whether that's Robin or something else." Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, totally, totally. And and I would agree with you there if I didn't read an event called Shadow War, where after fighting for a little <laughs> bit, Batman and Robin teamed up. To solve the mystery of who assassinated Rachel Ghoul. But so, you're yeah, calling no, no, him I, Robin. I, I totally believe that. Yeah. yeah well, was he called Robin? In he that? did call like, him. Did he Robin. call himself Robin? Yes, did he call he was himself called Robin? Yes. Did other people call him that, yes. or he called himself that? Robin. They may have called both, Damien Robin, but he doesn't refer. Him that. Show me a page where Damien has referred to himself as Robin in the last year. I'll give you twenty. Oh bucks. my God! All right, all right. Here, let me let me show you. <laughs> let me show you. 
I, I literally can. Go ahead. And while you're doing <laughs> you that, Rob, had, did <laughs> you make your score Batman versus Robin? Did you give us your score yet? Uh, 8.75 out of 10. All right. For Batman now, versus Damien. Yeah. Here is me, and this is me. Keep in mind, I am a huge Mark Wade fan, and I'm about to say this. Um, before I get into it, though, Father versus Son for the fate of the DCU is the tagline for Batman versus Robin. Okay, but you'd think that that'd be Dark Crisis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alright, yeah. so first and foremost, uh, this crazy all right, shit. All right. Hold on. First and foremost, <laughs> this crazy shit. I thought that Bruce moved out of the mansion because it was part of the shit Joker stole, which was everything that he had, which Catwoman then stole and gave to the foxes. So he didn't move out of there voluntarily. It didn't belong to him to begin with. And then motherfucking Alfred shows up. God damn it. I don't give a fuck if he if he if he if he does go back away after this story is done because now he's not Alfred now he's just another fucking gimmick, and and that's that pisses me off. Bruce is taking it in stride when he walks in, barely doubts him at all, invites him into the kitchen after one fucking question, makes him some tea, and then starts his battery. Um. We go down to the cave, Alfred further proving that he knows things like the time on the wall and all of that. Um, I don't think at first, I didn't even think that this was Robin. It didn't sound like him. It didn't act like him until he saw Alfred. Uh, so I, up until this point, I'm like, I'm already like not fucking happy with this book. Everything that's in this book so far is wrong. Next, I get to see Tim Hunter, who I love. I love Books of Magic. I've, I've, I, I can't help but push that series onto anybody who's interested in the Sandman-ish universe because it's awesome. Um, can't help but think that maybe he's in here just because they want to build off of that Sandman universe uh, popularity from the TV show. But, of course, with the expanding multiverse, we're probably going to have a, a literal Sandman universe. Uh Jakeem Thunder showing up. I'm assuming that this is the stupid-ass Boy Thunder sidekick that we've been hearing about. Maybe not. But um, one thing that I did see in here that I wasn't expecting to see, just a nice little tip of the hat to somebody else's story arc, and it is uh, Eclipso being trapped into that 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 crystal that was on Gemworld that the, uh, the Flash and his kids put him into uh he was sitting there asking for help i thought that was a pretty cool thing um flash forward through the rest of the book and on the last page we've got fate's helmet jay's lantern bobo's hat and more um i can't figure out whose chest plate that is um but is is that aquaman's trident or what do i have that screwed up with that maybe that's blue devils because if it's that was like the spear of destiny or something yeah okay the spear of destiny i suppose oh no that hasn't been in play recently i that just came to my mind because of the day of judgment <laughs> run we just recovered <laughs> uh anyway all right so that's the book uh from my point of view alfred back from the dead dumb the voice for damien dumb 
Batman not understanding where this powerful magic that can control heroes is coming from when he and Superman just had to make the coolest looking composite Superman Batman ever to fight it? Dumb. The rest is okay because all of it was easy to see um, uh, uh, coming, coming a mile away. Batman fighting Robin with no real consequences. Um, the art is pretty good, but I still feel like this should have been Dan Mora or someone to really get in there and, and wow us with the story and pictures. I wanted this to be awesome. Instead, I got, I want this to be better because meh. The one thing that I will say the two problems that you guys have with is the regression that we see in the character of Damien, and this isn't Damien. Like I said before, maybe it's magic, maybe it's Nasaline, but it's just to possess Damien. It's not a reflection of his character's progression, regression, or staying stale. It is just him being used to further a plot line that's going to, what was it DC said again? Um, determine the fate of the DCU. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, in in recent memory, and uh, probably I couldn't even tell you how far back, this is the worst fucking thing Mark Wade has ever written. 5.5 out of 10. Biggest waste of my time Ooh, in a long time. Well, on, I, I on even, an event book. I have worse news for you. I have worse news for you. You, sir, owe me $20. Because I direct your attention to our Discord server where I ripped a page from Robin number nine, dated 2021, which we covered on this very show, a panel in which Damien says, I am Robin, and when did we have this died enough on this island. So I, I don't know when, if you when did do, this come out? Uh, like Venmo or when when did it come out? This was literally like a couple months ago. <laughs> it was a couple Last months year, ago. The book that we were reading. Been well, I mean, we yeah. read that book a couple. Okay, I've seen you all. I've seen you all battle, yeah. and I know you are all great fighters. We have fought each other, but now I ask that we fight together. Okay, so it is at the you end said, of the you tournament. You said find me. You said find yep, me nope. a panel. Yep. Yeah, you said sure. find me a panel. Well, in this I run. mean, so. Um, he wasn't exactly going to be able to stand Venmo? up. Yes, I up? do Venmo. Put it in the fucking Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. I'm Josh. Put, put it, put it in the said. Discord. Oh, now uh, I'm taking five bucks yeah. off for that <laughs> poor joke. But um, <laughs> uh, you got me on a technicality. You got me the one fucking time he said it in front yes. of a bunch of strangers. But oh, damn. Give me, give me your Venmo. I owe you the twenty bucks. I'm a man of my word. Well, a bunch of strangers <laughs> nah, nah. and that freaky nah, girl is boning. Um, <laughs> but I'll, uh, uh, I'll just boning have you in, in honor of in honor of this book. I'll just have you buy me some uh, some issues of uh, of Williamson's Flash and send it to my home address. Oh, <laughs> you're just fucking Damn. evil. You are just fucking Damn. evil. I know. You are like I am Earth as evil as Damien evil. in this issue. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. You're gonna Damien. buy me. You're gonna buy. I'm, I'm trying to think. It's what not. Were, what were like the worst issues of that run? I'll have to think about it. Whichever ones they were, you're gonna buy me. I'm gonna buy you the Forever Force art, so That'll you can buy payment. I'm gonna buy you oh, the God, volume no, of the Forever I Force. That. Yep. There <laughs> you go. That's what I you get. Trash that for my collection because I didn't want it anymore. It's so <laughs> terrible. Um, All of it's anyway. terrible. Every fucking uh, issue. Anyway. 
Anyway, yes. all right. So yeah. now that okay. we've determined that Batman versus Robin is the biggest, <laughs> biggest piss stain on Mark Wayne's career, um, where do we want to go from here? <laughs> uh well, it, it would it would be more appropriate to go to our biggest stinker, but I guess we have to turn things to a more positive side first. So we're gonna go to our top three books for this week before we then shift to the nastier portion of the show. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Josh, and ask what were your top three books of this week and a standout moment if you have one. Uh number one or number three, excuse me, Worlds, uh Worlds Without a Justice League, uh, Wonder Woman. Um, as, as, uh, as iffy I, as I was on it, um, with the, with the backup on Martian Manhunter, that really brought that whole book up. So that, uh, that took number three, uh, number two is going to Super John, who, uh, I do have a question here. We see, um, next the return of Kal-El. However, don't we have a book in between now and November when Cal when DC says Cal L is returning, even though he returned last month? I should be returning next month because next month's Action Comics will be his first. Uh, the, the if I'm not mistaken, the article that I read about the uh, uh, dawn of the DCU said that Clark's return. Is 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 scheduled for November. Yet we have it happening is, next month, which, which would is, be October, and it also happened yeah. last month with uh, fuck whatever book it was where we saw. Isn't, is that the is that the special issue, or are they just talking about the? Because doesn't the start of Cal Returns start with um, with Action Ten Forty Seven, and that's out in like two yeah. weeks. Oh, I see. I was under the impression it was. I think they're talking about the Kal-El. Yeah. I thought it was in ten fifty. Yeah. No, I think they took. Oh my god. <laughs> I think they're talking. Yeah, I think they're talking about the Kal-El return special. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Which All right. So is Superman son of Kal-El? Is that getting shelved? That remains to be seen. No, it's. I mean, they're literally they're doing a crossover. So it starts in action ten forty seven. It will continue in Superman Son of Kal-El 16 and then they'll just go back and forth until the um the Kal-El Return special and also uh Action 1050. Right on. That is great news. Sweet. Okay, that part I missed from it. Uh so okay, so there's that for number 2 and then number 1 I gave to I am Batman. Thought it was really great. My favorite moment uh <laughs> well, um I think it's universal, but the panel of Damien popping in and bat smacking Bendis or um, Bendix. <laughs> Sorry, Freud. Uh, I thought, <laughs> jeez, uh, I thought that that was really oh, cool. You got something you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, but uh, I had, I really had uh, two other than that obvious one after the airlock scene with Bendix getting sucked out of the spaceship because of Luther opening the airlock. Luther says to uh, Luther says to Bendix, "It's space, Henry. No one can hear you complain." I thought that was great, and um, as an honorary mention for my favorite moment, only because it's such a standout moment in Batgirls, uh, Babs. Anyway, uh, any headway on the cipher? Steph says back to her, 
It's like looking for an eyeball in a sea of peeled grapes. That is some crazy fucking imagery there. And wow. Yeah. So I got to, <laughs> that had to have come from Conrad. It's, it's weird. It's twisted. And I'll, I don't think I'm going to get that, that, that phrase out of my head for at least a week. So thanks for that. Right on. Uh, honestly, I'm very conflicted about my top three as well. I'm not sold on it, but uh, I'm sticking to what I wrote. So at number three, I had Son of Kal El. Uh, number two, I had Bat Girls, and by some grace of hell, uh, number one, I put Batman versus Robin. Because not only was it my highest scoring book, but I, I honestly, for some reason, still enjoyed it the most out of everything this week. I don't know why. Oh, the big books we all—I usually disagree with you guys the most on. That seems to be what the, the trend has been, so it doesn't surprise yeah. me. <laughs> but I still have issues with this book, <laughs> but I still enjoyed it. I, I hate to love it, but I love it's a solid it read. Sure. I, I can't is, argue with that. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, like you, you said it best, yeah. Brady. It's conflicting. It's, it's a bizarre one. And it's for very best conflicting. Moments, That's why I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, best moments uh, again. Surprised even myself. Uh, just it was like a like a oh that's that's nice. Finally, like a compassion, like like a like a camaraderie moment for me was the Jurassic League finally coming together against Dark side was was really nice for me. Not for anybody else on the planet, but I liked it. So, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, as for me, at number three, I had shockingly uh, Batman versus Robin because I'm, I'm with Rob, though not quite as positive. Um, while it is doing things that I'm not quite a fan of, magical implications or not, um, it, it is a very solid read. I thought very tight. Um, like it, it, it reads very well. That's that's the problem with it. It's like you want to hate it and you kind of do, but you read it and it's like, well, it is. You know, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty solid one. Um, so that's that's where I landed. Uh, two, um, I had Batgirls. Um, again, hardly a great issue, but uh, not too bad. Um, and uh, interested to see where that's going. But uh, number one for me, surprisingly was the Worlds Without a Justice League special uh, for Wonder Woman. I uh, actually really dug this one, and it was it was my highest-rated score. So um, props to you, Dark Crisis. You, you did something well, I suppose. Uh, favorite moment, though, um, for as ridiculous as some of the moments were in Batman versus Robin, <laughs> there's something about seeing all the old Batsuits teaming up like to fight Batman that... It looks so silly, but like the way it's drawn was so cool um, that I just I I couldn't help but love it. So you have like the old like purple gloves, bat suit like throwing a punch at Batman, and you have the, the Simon Hurt. Um, yeah, uh, well, yeah. Regardless of whether it exists, uh, I mean, I don't even know. I guess it depends on which continuity you're asking. But that's a whole other can of worms. I don't really care. And Jurgens can tell cool. you he wrote um, Shattered Dimensions. All those ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I know sure there was also a, no, no. I'm not going to go there. 
I'm, I'm not I'm not going to go there. There are other places that it's appear, but I'm not going to go there because we've already been here for like three hours. Um, so, yes, that looked cool. Um, and uh, unfortunately, that's the end of the cool part of the show. Now we're getting into the not cool part of the show and also nasty. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm, I'm out of transitions, but it's time for the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Undoubtedly. I can smell it from here. Yes. Uh, which title made your stink list today, gentlemen? Well, <laughs> I honestly, the Flash Fest Men Alive simply due to the fact that it's uh, simply just a movie tie-in. I know it's a little petty on my side, but no, it's not. I, I, I'm just How many fucking not... times do we need to see Fair Barry enough. Allen's origin? Yeah. Well, I, I, I flipped through it for sure, and I, I, I gave it a, a brief read, and I, I don't think it was necessarily his origin. It is really just a, a tying point between where he is in the movie universe currently versus where he will be when the movie starts, and I just don't think we need to care. Oh. I don't know. That's just me. I feel like it's it's a cop out. It's a money grab. It's a waste of time. Is it it's really? Also the, the I second mean, who's time buying been used this? For a title. Who even cares about the movie? Every like single Gerger hostage villain, of Ezra Miller's has a copy of this. Uh, yeah, well, uh, no wonder they want to kill themselves. I'm sorry, that was really <laughs> insensitive. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Got the boots on. Ouch. You yelled at me yeah. for saying I should poop in Tom King's lawn when he killed Crypto? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, was a little, I was a little too dark. You know we've talking. been here for almost four hours when Brandon starts getting to the dark humor. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Oof, man. Need to eat. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, no. That's uh, it's a, little, it's a, little, it's a little too dark for me. Um, anyway. Uh, stink list, yes. Um, uh, Josh, what was yours? I think we already kind of know, but uh, yeah, for the sake of the audience, y'all, you guys said it's a conflicting issue, but the only thing conflicting about it is that I have to say Mark Wade wrote such a fucking turd. Batman versus Robin. Uh, That's a lot of confliction. For uh, well, as for me, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, as for me, my stinker, I guess, is probably I Am Batman. I mean, not a terrible issue, just one that, as the other issues, or as previous issues have, has just kind of been very dull for me. And it has um, consistently so left you rather whelmed. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's just, it's not for me. Um, and... Uh, and, and I think it's just a personal thing. Like, I'm glad you guys really enjoy it. I think that's great. Um, and, and it could be, it could very well be. I've had this be the case with a number of other series. It, it very well could be. It's just not for me right now. And I come back and revisit it. And it's, you know, absolutely amazing. Like, I, I recently was rereading some of the Teeny Howard Catwoman stuff just to try and refresh my memory. And, like, that first arc was a lot better than I remember it being. Um, so it could just be, you know, where you are right now. Um and, uh, and maybe at some point in the future, you look back on it with fresh eyes and it's completely different. So who knows? I don't know. But right now, I'm just not feeling it. 
side note, I really think she did a great job picking up where Rom B left off. I'm sure I said that in the in the yeah, previous no, I mean, reviews like, months and months and months I, ago. I'm, yeah, I, I was you know, I was probably just in a different place, but I, I read uh, was it like 39 to to 42. I think that was the first arc, and it's like it's a lot better than I remembered it being. Um, I, that's why I think I laughed when you said her writing style does not have a voice; it's a mood. Because it's still kind of fresh on my mind. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of true. I can't even argue with that. Um, but, uh, There's nothing yeah, wrong with it, that. It could, it could very well be the case. I don't know. No, no. I think if your personality shows and it shows well, it's, uh, it's a good thing. So. All right. Well, I guess if we've got... All right. If we are, if we are all done, yes. If there's nothing left to say, then we will sign off for the night for this very, very large jumbo sized uh, uh prestige format edition of uh the not a robot dc comics review show we hope you enjoyed and we hope to see you next week uh as always you can find us at not a robot podcast.com and you can also support us at nar podcast forward slash or sorry buy me a coffee.com forward slash nar podcast can you tell i'm tired um to support us uh further as well as get access to some of our exclusive content. Uh, but with all that said, there's only one way to say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Oh my god, how long is that?